Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Once you get it out. Gotta get it in. Yeah. Yeah. I had Buddy years back, but it's hard to find people who want to get up at the crack of dawn. We're up. ATS is up. <laughs> she motivated me. She swing by my house, y'all. You're like, come on up. <laughs> yep, we're here. We'll come by your house. Turn your Zoom on. Let's go, Grace. <laughs> all right. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening to everyone. Glad to have you on today's morning meeting, daily meeting, Monday through Friday. Behind the scenes look of the ATS JR companies and how it is run. Glad to have each and every one of you on on this day. Today is Friday, June 18th, as of this recording. And we are excited, not because it's Friday, because every day is a great day that you see me and I see you and you can inhale and exhale. And so every day is a great day. So we are here and the great Ashley P and I are running a meeting once again. Okay. So <laughs> you, got, you got us going. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ms. Ashley P. Yes, ma'am. What we got so, 
at the top of our agenda, we like to remind you, please remember, we are very busy. And I know all of our business are scaling and life happens, but we do not want you to miss out for the Mexic Conference, May 13th and 14th in Orlando, Florida. So save the date, save your coins, save your, save all your fun, a little bit of fun for that day and make sure you put it on your calendar. Let your staff know, let your husband know that, hey, honey, we're going somewhere. We got somewhere to be and uh, we're going to be at the Mexic in Orlando in the sunny, sunny, sunny state of Florida and enjoy our, enjoy ourselves. That's what that's, that's the plan is. So make sure you save the date, May 13th and 14th, because we know our schedules are crazy. I'm pretty sure it's already filling up for next year. Uh, so do, go ahead and please save the date. And as well as, as we mentioned yesterday, there is a sales college coming soon. 100% sales with Antonio T. Smith and the crew. That's it. Winning. So that definitely means your, your schedule next year is going to be extremely busy. If you're getting a master certification awarded by the Antonio T. Smith Jr. And also consider your sales team. So if you have a sales team, which for myself, I will include my team as well as the gladiators and others that will be a part of this sales uh, college and taking advantage of all these skills uh, in order for us to scale and grow. So if you have a sales team or a team of service, service ends up being sales. I don't, service is sales to me. I don't I never really sold. Am I the only one to think of it that way? Because honestly, it's really connecting a person to a thing that they need, right? If you listen, you just respond right. to a need. And so <laughs> you, no one on this call can say, oh, I don't need sales college. Yes, you do. Because your company needs money, doesn't it? Yeah. So in order to get money, you got to sell, you got to sell what you got at your company. <laughs> you know, you either got to sell yourself, sell your products, you sell your services. You got to sell something. That's how your companies thrive and continue to run and stay you open. Guys, they get so scared that sales word. It's really and, not even sales if you're doing it right. And okay. And people, okay. People don't realize you sell every day. You just don't think it. You just don't think of it like that. If you have a spouse or a significant other, you sold yourself on why they needed to be with you. My mom told sold my dad. It. My yeah, mom I sell it every day, Grace. I got a resale. My mom told my dad when they first met, and she gave him her phone number. Don't waste my penmanship. Forty-six years later, we're still going. Okay, so hey, <laughs> don't waste my penmanship. Tip is don't waste my time, salesman. <laughs> okay, so she sold make it, herself make it work. why he needed to call her. Okay, so here we go. You sell every day. You sell on you. You got kids, and you got to sell them every day on why they need to Grace. do what they to do. Yes, sir. I define selling as communicating in a way to produce a mutually agreed upon response that's best for all parties. Wait a minute. So, Say that again, Phil. <laughs> communicate in a way to produce a mutually agreed upon response that's best for all parties. That's it. The problem yes. is when we've run across salesmen, most of all, they're terrible salesmen. We think that's what salesmanship is. Right. Like when somebody says he could sell ice cubes to the Eskimos. To me, that's offensive. Unless the Eskimo needed ice cubes, I have no reason to sell him ice cubes if he doesn't need it. But if you communicate in a way that's your style to produce a mutually agreed upon response that's best for all parties. And so actually, when, that is a what we call a philism. That's a 
a quote of Phil Sorrentino. I love it. The Philism. You know we're gonna keep that up, right? Don't put baby in the corner when she brings out Philism. <laughs> that's right, girlfriend. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, Renee, I heard you. Hey, Grace, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, real quick. That, Phil, that one right there needs to be posted up. We need to get that and we need to print it out and post it up, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you, I need to get that one and post it up in my office or wherever you need to see it. Let's do that. Phil, please get me that quote so I can print it out and put it in a poster and post it up because I don't need to remember that. That's good. Good stuff there. That would be awesome. Did you hear that poster, Phil? I yeah. like that. That's great. Thank you so much, Kevin. That is awesome. Yeah. So see, look how quickly that happened. How he turned that, just even his quote turned into a sale. <laughs> okay. That's how we, that's how we did it and continue. I've got a that's whole awesome. list of philisms. Wow. See how things is really literally uh, turn into a uh, direct example quickly, expeditiously, as my past used to say, expeditiously. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and one of the things you can do, and when I was selling community bank stock, is I would start by telling the potential customers why they shouldn't buy stock in their local bank. Hmm. So that created an atmosphere of trust. And then when it was time to tell them why they wanted to, they were anxious. Okay, I, you told me all the reasons why I shouldn't do this. And I agree with that. I understand that. But why should I do this? So it's called negative selling. Tell the customer why they shouldn't do business with you first. And therefore, you create that atmosphere of trust because trust comes out of rapport, rapport comes out of getting to know each other. So how do you get to know each other? So you get that rapport and then you get to trust. And That's coaching true. and coaching businesses are guilty of not doing negative uh, selling, in fact, not qualifying at all. So if anything, mm -hmm. that's that really kills the trust for the whole industry, which um which presents a unique opportunity for people who just do a little bit of negative selling to gain that much more credibility because no one else is doing it. When all the coaches are saying, we're going to do everything for everyone, a coach or a speaker or an expert saying, hey, I'm going to do this specific thing for this specific person. And if you're not among these people, you should not buy from me as just an instant trust builder. That is so true. One thing Antonio does he first tells you what he's doing and then says, it's not for those blank. If it's not for you. And then he creates a, a scarcity and I only have 10 spots. So that is um, um, just teaching you how to sell right there. It's, it's basically people, most of the time we, if you want something enough, it doesn't matter the cost or the date or the time or the what you will readjust and make time for what you really want and need. So if you're not giving people what they don't, uh, you know, if you're giving uh, your audience or your, who you're servicing what they truly want and need, the value is beyond whatever you respond with as far as when that will happen, how much it would be and how many are available. You wanna make that happen because it's a value to you. So that's where it, it turns out of sale into you helping me and help, I'm helping you. And so if, you, if you're we're looking at and working in that regard with those intentions, it's easy breezy. 
but that's one of the, the some of the things that you will be learning at the sales camp and Antonio has tricks that we have no idea and most amazing things that make things so simple <laughs> and make a lot of sense like the feel uh oh, wait, feelism making things so simple just with a little humor you know just that's what we have here at ATS that's how we do these things I got another one for you uh see when you're doing the interview, because I don't like the word pitch, you're going to, I'm going to pitch you. No, don't pitch me. I want an interview. You start by asking current, current and past situation questions. What's going on now and what's going on in, in, in the past. Then you go to opportunity or problem questions. Do they have an opportunity you're going to help them leverage or do they have a problem you have to, that you're going to help them solve? you got to get that clarified because then you know how to present your your solutions or your opportunities next impact questions what is the opportunity or problem impacting and last is solution seeking questions if i can ask you a question that you can tell me what i can do for you that's much more powerful than me telling you what i can do for you true very true and honestly that that is He's he's making breaking it down very simplistically. It's as simple as it as he's stating it. When you do it that way with those intentions, it automatically works out and it flows. That's just how that's how business goes. And if you add a little humor to it, like the humor consultants, that add extra on top. <laughs> right, Greg? That's it. And speaking of on top, is Terrell here today? He's been, uh, you know, a honeymoon, and I don't know if he's back yeah, he, from a honeymoon. He's not, he's not on here today. Oh, surely he must be having a great time. Okay, Tyrell. Excuse me. That's it. Well, well, let me go to the next thing, Tyrell. We'll catch up <laughs> soon. <laughs> and then, Can I add one more thing? Yes. Can I add one more thing before we move forward? Uh-huh. All that stuff is all that stuff is brilliant. From, from the front line of sales, just remember, though, that not everyone is going to buy from you. Yes. Not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone is going to need or want what you have. So at that point, it turns into work, right? Because it's a numbers game. So then you have to just talk to enough people to make sure that the numbers work in your favor. Maybe you close 50%. Maybe only close 30 once you figure that out, then you know how many people you need to talk to. That's a good that point. That means more dials. Exactly. More yeah. dials. You, you'd be surprised those dials go by really quick. And when you finally make a connection that, that actually someone really wants to talk to you and have the time, it's worth all the dials. <laughs> you, you may get, you know, it may, it's always a win-win when you go in with the right attitude. Jerry's right. Not everyone's going to buy what you have, but you don't want those people. You want those who want what you have. You don't want to force you or force a good thing. Who forces a million dollars to someone's hand? Hey, you want to take this? Want to take this million dollars? <laughs> Ash, Ashley. Oh, Grace. Go ahead, Abraham. Yeah. Sadia, you go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll follow you. Thank you. Hey, Grace, I did want to ask a question. You made the $5,000 commission. Yes, ma'am. Tell us, how many people did you talk to before you made that? Because that's an, a great story. Well, I kind of don't count because I've been doing this for six years. So in year one, yes. in, yeah, year one in year one, 
it took hundreds it took hundreds of calls you know um and it, it took it took calls it took time it took getting hung up getting hung up on getting people lie to you say yeah call me tuesday at seven and then when i call <laughs> tuesday at seven they don't pick up the phone um yeah i'm interested i'm gonna yeah uh follow up with me the, on friday at, at six okay and then i call friday at six and they don't pick up the phone you just know that you got you got this sale mm -mm, no you don't so it's it's a numbers game and it's also you can't take any of this personally it's business they're not saying no to you they're saying no to their dreams you know that we have you know that you have what it is that people need and want and so when you find those people you don't get discouraged. So if when somebody flat out tells you, you know what, I'm not interested. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I can go to the next person. So don't look at those as disappointing. Like, man, they didn't buy from me. It, great. Okay. That means you didn't, you, you, you're not my customer. You just got to keep going, keep going. Now I know it, it's easier said than done, but you have to talk to yourself and it, you, you got to get beat up. Sales is, it's not for faint of heart. You, you got to get beat up, but the rewards are, great let me tell you miss frida miss frida is about to miss frida about to do something i'm not gonna tell y'all until until it's done and then i get miss frida to tell y'all but she, she has been she has been calling she has been talking to people having conversations and making friends and um it, that's what that's really what sales is about because a lot of people that's why they get discouraged because they have the head in your pocket you can't have your head in your pocket no you have to you have to think about who it is you're talking to and and you put yourself on the customer side you don't like people selling you so why do you think people like to be sold to now if you don't like to be sold to neither do people so you always want to put yourself in the customer's shoes and say how would i want someone who wants to give me something talk to me oh you know what i need people to add value to me uh, yeah yeah you want people to add value to you so that you can purchase from them because the value will will be you want the value to cost have the value to be way more than the price. Hence, this is why all of you are on a call at eight o'clock in the morning, central, nine o'clock in the morning, Eastern, and six o'clock in the morning for Jerry and them over on the West Coast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 6 a.m. Antonio has sold you much value, and the value is way more than the cost. So when when we tell you that what all you, you you get with everything and then i tell you the price is two hundred dollars oh is that all that that means you we've given you a lot of value so that 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 is that is that is six years of me learning because no year one i had my head in my pocket i was ready no i need this money but antonio kept working with me kept working with me and said hey no, no that you you got to make friends grace you got to make friends <laughs> that's what it and is and if people didn't buy from you did you eventually did you call that person back at a different time a different year or did you mark them off of your call list when you talked to someone and they didn't want to participate well yeah it, when now when you tell me you're not interested you know for me there's no reason to call you back We're you know done. You're not, now, if you tell me i'm not interested at this time then i'll say okay yeah you're 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 a person i'm going to call back but if you, you can hear people's tone when they say no i really don't want to okay problem you're not my customer all right let me keep going let me find let me get through the nose so i can find the yes mm -hmm. that's true all right so yes. so what i was gonna say is like i'm i'm writing a book uh, about what functional people 
regular normal people can learn from narcissists. Okay, and uh, in in there, one one of the things that uh, I discovered is that narcissists get into positions of leadership because early on, like in their early teenage years, they try to get into positions of leadership. There's an inherent vacuum because other kids are shy. So this guy is going to try to uh, go for the class monitor position, uh, debate club leader position. They simply get into these positions of leadership because they want to. They try mm -hmm. more than others. And guess what? By the time everyone wants to be in a position of leadership around young adulthood years, these kids already have the experience. Mm -hmm. So they get to genuinely uh, be taken into positions of leadership because now there are gatekeepers who are actually going to see who is qualified. Early on, anyone who raises their hand gets into those positions but they raise their hands more often. Similarly in sales, you will notice that there is a lopsided um, vacuum uh, that can be taken up, not by the best salesperson, not by the best business, but by the most willing salesperson really. So it really comes down to who raises their hand more often. And here's the thing, by the time the product that you're selling, it comes down to which product is better. The salesperson who's just made more calls has already accumulated the experience to outperform someone who even has a better product but hasn't just started selling. So really, it's a game of raising your hand more often. Mm -hmm. That's true. That yeah. is very true. It's been a lot of uh, scenarios where I've noticed uh, in in meetings and opportunities where they'll say, okay, this is the opportunity and you have, who would like to take advantage? I, you know, you would literally like have to, I would, I would literally out of respect, like, okay, I'm gonna wait a second. Yeah, okay, that'd be me. I gave you a five second, five second rule. You know, that's it, I got it. <laughs> it, it, it would happen all the time, but it's the opportunity. Like you're right, Ibram. The main thing, you can't look at all the negative when you see, when you say narcissist, it's positive to everything because everything is perfect. And one of the positives out of that is that take advantage of your opportunity. I saw Ken's hand up and-, and Ken Good morning, good morning, good morning. Just wanted to chime in, I heard Grace talking. Guys, I sell big ticket items and I've been in sales since 85. And I heard somebody say it so well, you can't take this stuff personal. Uh, I sell from an educational standpoint. I'm going in to educate my client. And after I've done my job, if I educated them, then I, and I tell them up front, uh, Bill, I say, I'm expecting you to tell me yes or no. But what I can't live with is a maybe. So you got to tell me yes or no. That's and you're not going to offend me if you tell me no. But I give them enough information to where, and then I hit the pain points, and then I expect them to make an intelligent decision. But in my business right now, uh, when they tell me I want to think about it, I say, guys, I've just been here with you for two and a half, three hours. What more do you want to think about? I mean, at this point, just tell me yes or no. Because if this makes sense and I show you the value, show you where I'm saving you money, I don't understand what else do you want to think about. I give them my card up front just to let them know who I am, but I don't expect it. 
We call it the B-back bus. I don't ride the B-back bus. <laughs> I was in your house for two hours, and you tell me, well, we're going to think about it and call you. I look them dead in the face, uh, sorry, and tell them, you're not going to call me, and I'm not going to be offended. Because I gave given you enough information. Uh, you live two and a half hours away. Uh, trust me, I'm not coming back. I'm done. End of the story. When I leave, well, I make them feel bad, Phil, because I give them, like one bill yesterday, I gave them about $5,000 worth of rebates. And they got all excited, but the wife said, well, we want to think about it. I said, well, guess what? I think I'm not going to give you that $5,083 rebate that we talked about, because it goes with me when I leave. You can't call me another day later and say, I want it. It's a, it's a wrap. I'm busy. I'm in the next house. I'm like Elizabeth. I got to love the one I'm with. So see ya. And that's how we do that. So if you can't, if they can't make a decision while I'm there, they're not gonna make a decision when I leave. I don't do the be back bus. Uh, I don't take it personal. If I've been in your house for two and a half hours, I'm trying to figure out where I'm gonna eat before I get to my next apartment. I holla. <laughs> yeah, Ken, that 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 reminds me, and I've told this story before, so maybe maybe you've heard it. In 1977. I had a lady in Waverly, Ohio, have a half a million dollars with a bank stock she wanted to sell. She gave me eight leads. From those eight leads over five weeks, I talked to 151 people. 89 said, come out and see them. And every appointment was 45 minutes in and out of the house with a check and five referrals and 51 bought. And I made $50,000 in five weeks in 1977. And if you do the math, 151 people I talked to, 51 bought. So I had 100 people say no to me, but I had 51 say yes. Mm -hmm. And that was all in and out of the house, 45 minutes with a check, five referrals, and I'm not coming back. So when you get a system down, you work the system and then the system will give you the results. Thanks. Oh, and no. by the way, guess who was a no? Who? Me. Susan <laughs> was a no, but Phil did the B-bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she can't get away that easily. No, yeah. no, no, no. Well, it was timing. It wasn't the right time for me. But my parents bought and my brothers bought, and my mom was telling me all about how well dressed he was and this coat he had on. And and the buzz was all over town about him. And people started putting us I had just arrived back in town so it wasn't the right time for me people were putting us together oh you got to meet her you got to meet him and you know and then fate would have it on 7-eleven I walked into a party the first person I saw was him and we didn't talk to anybody else um the yeah. rest of the night and the rest mm -hmm. is history Jerry knows the story. Well, technically, he got the sales, what it sounds like he to got me. The sale. Okay. Okay. He did get the sale. I think he got a yes, technically. The first time, no, but you know. Yeah. We're just going to focus on the win. <laughs> He's it. a real MVP. That's an awesome move. Hey, hey, Phil, that sounds like some of my salespeople that say, oh, man, but we got a yes, but they failed credit. I'm like, oh, man, don't even come at me with that stuff. But uh, Susan, I do understand. You know, Phil had a good catch there. He didn't let you go. <laughs> he puts you on a callback list. I'm gonna call her. <laughs> okay, Miss uh, Miss Evelyn. We and hadn't then seen each other. That's, that's a great a face story. To face thing. So <laughs> sorry, Demetrius.
Good morning. No, everybody. I just I just said that's a great story. That I, that's a really good story. All right. Good, good, good. Go ahead, Ms. Evelyn. Good morning, everybody. I was just going to say quickly, sometimes the prospect doesn't even know that they need your product. Mm. So the only reason they say no at the present time is because you haven't given them enough information to make them say yes. So it's still a numbers game. Good. I don't know enough. That's right. Good. Gotcha. The more you know, the more you grow, the more you can be a blessing. Knowledge win -win. is power. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. right. Mr. Kevin, and then we'll get Ms. Dolores. Yeah, I wanted to have some of the experts talk about because Phil brought up a good point that I wrote down here about ask for referrals. Could, 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 the, could the experts on here a little bit more talk about you can ask for more referrals. If the person's not interested, they know people that know people. Can you guys talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's so important. I've done it and that's how I've got yeah. a lot of business. They're not interested in right now, but guess what? I know them. I have a personal relationship with them already. Guess what? I could ask for referrals too as well. Well, along, along that vein, I did 89 appointments and 51 bought, right? So my question is, when I was in that home, what was more value to me? Them buying at that moment or me getting five referrals? Me getting five referrals. Because five referrals translated into three sales. So I was really, it was more important for me to get the referrals while I was there than it was to get the sale because the sale translated into three, three sales, the referrals. And what I would do is, and I'd change it now, but early in my presentation, I say, by the way, do you have your personal phone book handy? They says, well, why would you want that? I said, well, you may be like I am. I get a business card and I'll put it someplace and then I need it and I can't find it and it drives me nuts. So whether we do business today or not, I want you to put my name and my phone number in your personal directory so that you'll have it if you need it. That was early in the process. Now at the end, they bought, I say now, Kevin, what's the best form of advertising? Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Right. Right. Word so of mouth. what we do, just like, just, just like uh, Dimitri gave me your name, I'd like to five people and I'd take out a piece of paper and I'd write one, two, three, four, five, who might like to know more about us. Yes, I'd put my pen to number one and I would shut up. And they would almost always come up with one name. Then I'd go to number two and shut up. Now they started getting sent. I say, oh, by the way, you've got your personal phone directory here at the table. Why don't you just flip through that? See, early on, I have been bringing it to the table. So when I needed it, it was already there. Then I would go to the five. I'd say, okay, of these five people, who would you call first and why? Who would you call second and why? Who would you call third and why? Mm -hmm. So you have a system. Today, I wouldn't have to have them get their personal phone directory. I'd have them get their phone out. I'd say, by the way, why don't you just get your phone out if you're having trouble thinking? Why don't you just flip through your, your contact list and maybe that'll spur your memory to see who. And it is, who do you know? And know is the important word, who might like to know more about us. Not who do you know who would be interested? Who would you know? Who do you know who might? Just the might like to know more about us. And then you have a place, a blank for them to fill and you just shut up and they're, they, so, by the way, all, everything from that numbers was all referrals. She gave me eight leads. I talked to 151 people, 89 said yes, and 51 bought over five weeks. So what I, I, I had a system. What I do in addition to that, Phil, 
I like to uh, I keep a I keep the uh, Starbucks gift cards with me, and then sometimes I have gas cards. So I'll tell them up front, hey guys, I'm gonna give you coffee is on me today, but I need five referrals. People just like you, who you know, family members, friends, your two, your next door neighbors that you know. Because I get people run out to me now because they see the car, but uh, I'll tell them, uh, coffee is on me, uh, gas is on me today. I just need five referrals, and you get them. And then not only that, we pay a whole lot more money for referrals. So after I tell them how much I'm going to pay them once that person do business with us, then they wind up somehow coming up with some additional ones. So yeah, if you ask for the referrals, you're going to get them. That's awesome. Be a blessing for them blessing you and you. It's a win-win. It makes sense. And they know your value. So they know who could benefit from what you're giving too. So it's not like you're cold calling. They already know so-and-so is not going to want to talk to him. So I'm not even going to bring that person's name up before they even mentioned it. You know, so uh, definitely a win-win. Yeah. But speaking of a referral cost, uh, go ahead, Grace. Oh, yeah. I was just going to, I want to say, uh, you mentioned it, Ashley. No, no one, nobody that I, I know maybe with the exception of me, likes making cold calls. I don't care. I, I talk to strangers all day. But a lot of people don't like making cold calls. But now if you ask for referrals, you're staying in a warm market because these are people, you don't know them and they don't know you, but y'all have a mutual person. And so as soon as I call Ashley, if, if, of course, if, if Ashley answers the phone, she's going to be like, who is this? Because I don't know this number. And if I tell her who I am and calling from, she's like, okay, how'd you get my number? But if I tell Damali. her, yeah, Damali gave me your phone number. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, then the guard comes down because someone that they know, like, and trust has given them their number. So it got to be a reason that they gave you my number. So that's what happened. I gave you thousands of dollars in our first conversation, Grace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you said you knew Damali that's, and you had something I wanted and needed. That's it. That's and I was like, hmm, husband. Grace. Okay. You know what? I've been waiting on this gentleman. I don't know why he's been quiet because this gentleman, he can say all some stuff. Go ahead, sir. Along those same lines, what you just said, when I was an Army recruiter, what I would say to him when I asked for a referral and they gave me the name and the number, I would say to them, would it be okay if I let them know that you gave me their information? And it's important. Why? Because some of them told me they need to join the military, but don't tell them, but don't tell them I gave you information. But the <laughs> other flip side of that is this. And when that question comes up about how did you get my number? I spoke to so-and-so and they spoke so highly of you. I had to call you. And people love when people say wonderful things about them. That builds rapport for you in your presentation. Bingo. But if they say, don't tell them I told you, then, then you, can, you, can, you can come up with another story. But again, you're trying to get the sale. So ask for the referral and then say, would it be okay if I told them that I got it from you? And they, and they like that because you're showing consideration for them divulging somebody else's information. Hello. All right. That's funny, Grace. He made me think about uh, even the bank days of talking to a spouse and they're like, can you please call my husband? Can you please call my wife? Don't tell them I told them to call you. They don't save it all. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've been trying to get them to handle that retirement account, but they just haven't touched it. <laughs> don't tell them I said to call. Call it this time. Around this time, right after dinner, and I'm going to act like I didn't know you were calling. And I'm going to say, honey, you should take that call. <laughs> all the time. I had whole families that I knew who 
what, when to call, when was beer time, and when is good time. <laughs> Grace, I got one more thing. Fish, you done you sucked me in. That's it. Um, sales folks, is, and, and Phil hit it, so they can't. It's about attitude, folks. When mm -hmm. I'm talking to somebody, the no isn't a disappointment. The no isn't the, the end of the world. Mm -hmm. if, if I have a conversation with someone and I give them value and I give them information and they tell me no, guess what? That's a success. That's a sale. I didn't make any necessarily money at that time, but I made a sale and that makes me feel good. Hello. And who knows what's going to happen when I follow up. That person may give me an appointment to come back and call them later or get back with them later. Or when somebody follows up, they end up buying. But the point is, did I give them something of value? And you know ATS is a value. And I had a conversation with them. That makes me feel good. I'm ready to call somebody else and tell them about ATS. But guess what's going to happen with the numbers? Somebody going to buy. Because I'm Romy Rome, Baltimore Zone. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody. That's it, sir. I was ready, Roman Rome. <laughs> Baltimore Zone. I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> Miss Dolores, I saw your mic was unmuted. Go ahead, ma'am. Great morning, everyone. I just wanted to acknowledge Miss Dojean. Welcome back. Um, she used to know about ATS and she is here. So I don't know if she wants to speak and say hello or not, but I wanted to recognize her and say hello and welcome back. Hello, is she? All right. I did I did see Ms. Dojean come on. I don't see her anymore. I don't see her looking. I know she was going in and out. I don't know if she was in a bad area and getting kicked off or she was getting a call. But okay. when, when she comes Any back, in, we, will, today? We, will, we will say hello. Huh? Okay, awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Oh. Lawrence. Um, oh, Ashley P. Tyrell is on here. Tyrell. Hello. <laughs> Hey. Are you newlyweds again? <laughs> <laughs> to Welcome back. Helicopter man. <laughs> Helicopter man. Don't explain that. Okay. Don't Go explain on. that. Let's, uh, oh my. <laughs> that laugh says it all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, like this is not a private call. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ashley. Oh, greater together. Greater together. Okay. <laughs> so, anywho. Tyrell, yes, I have a special assignment from you from the boss man. Oh my goodness! Oh my Does it goodness. have anything to do with a helicopter? <laughs> no, not this time. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. you know you you know you have a lot of great nuggets, and uh, he's noticed. So, what do you think about a VA workshop? What I think, I think, yeah, let's do this. We can do this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what I thought you would say. Well, we're hoping you would say anyway. So let's prepare for that. Uh, you wanted me to mention that to you, but you've been too busy honeymooning. So I couldn't tell you before. So now we know. <laughs> let's get it going. I'll help you get that worked out and let me know how I can support you. All right, then we'll do it. And what was that? What was that next date you were going to be in the office for that um, special project that you wanted to work on? We were talking about. Um, I was going to just come in on Wednesday, and then we can just kind of discuss it. Uh, come Wednesday evening. Okay. Okay. Deal. This Wednesday coming up, right? Copy. 
Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you. Congratulations, Terrell. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, by the way, he's not newlyweds. I'm just picking on him. He's been married for how many years, Terrell? 23 on the 15th of this month. 23. Oh, three. That's Love awesome. You. Congratulations. Happy anniversary. Uh, happy anniversary. <laughs> right. Happy anniversary. It's our anniversary. <laughs> I was singing it too, Greta. Anniversary. <laughs> 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 I knew Renee was coming behind there somewhere. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing, definitely. I'm still trying right. to be like Romy Rome. Baltimore's on. Me too, Tyrell. We got to take notes. All the helicopter, maybe we will uh, be all right. Uh, Jerome, <laughs> what else you got for us? Any more tips for us? Me and Ty are going to take them too. <laughs> I, I, I always have tips for the team because I'm ATS for life. That's this it. is my family, and I'm so glad to be here. And I still have not gotten over yesterday. I still mm -hmm. am recovering from yesterday. Dr. Watkin, she just, oh my, it, she went and found where Antonio T. Smith was at. She embodied him, knocked him out. He couldn't do nothing. And then she came in here and just, that was a, that was a miracle. That was amazing. Because God planned that thing. I'm sitting there going, that's Antonio talking. Amazing. Amazing. She was even saying certain things he would say to her. I'm like, I was like, wait a minute. What the? Stop. That's his phrase. Wait up. Look at that and, connection. And it was he, like, and, and you're supposed thing. to be here. He ain't here. Don't tell him I told this. <laughs> he ain't here. Now, she's going to uh, help him on his platform. She's going to help on that platform. But when I listened to her talk, by the time she was finished, my brain went partnership, partnership, mm. partnership. That's what my brain said. Because what she was saying is what ATS does and needs. And what did she say yesterday, folks? You need us too. She said the one thing that I have not done yet, What's and that, that is teach millionaires. And I'm not going to do it until I become one. Who's a millionaire? Who's a who's about to be classified as a billionaire? Antonio T. Smith. I heard partnership, and let me shut up. No, don't you shut up, Jerome. <laughs> let me shut up. You not look what happens when you speak. <laughs> Romy, Rome, Baltimore's home. <laughs> By the way, ladies, I had to cut out early yesterday. I had a family emergency. Is there any way I could get a copy of that recording? Yes, ma'am. I'll get it to you. Okay, thank yes. you. It was epic. Yes, you definitely, definitely. Grace, right. I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I wanted Grace. I, that thing was, that was, ooh, that was fire. It led us into the esoteric that was like, wait a minute. Okay. Oh, <laughs> what hey, a Thursday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. That was good. That was real good. Yeah, I'd like to get a copy of that. I'm actually uh, coaching um, Donette. I'd like for her to, I'd like to use that in a session when we talk again. Okay. We'll do. Grace, if you could put Evelyn down as well. All right. So wait this, a minute. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna put this in your chest. I'm gonna go put this. Yeah, put this harder, in not harder. There we go, Grace. Yeah, I'm gonna go put this in these. That, that's exactly what I was gonna suggest. Just put it in the community chat. Just put it in the, in the messenger groups, okay? Mm -hmm. So everybody yeah. can have that copy. Caring is caring. We all win. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> uh, Miss Dojean Smith, welcome, welcome, welcome to the call. 
Ms. Dolores says she has been speaking with you and we are glad to see you on the call today. Uh, just wonderful things. Uh, if you had a, anything to say real quick, you're just be glad to be back in the service one more time. That Allow me that from my Baptist side of this, ma'am. Ms. Dojean, is there anything you wanted to say? All right. Okay. All right. Well, again, welcome, welcome uh, to the call, Ms. Dojean. Okay. Now, this coming Tuesday, reminder again from yesterday, Ashley mentioned it, is our mastermind call for our VIPs. Okay. Okay, Tempest. Okay. <laughs> if I hear it, we're going in. Now, <laughs> our mastermind uh, call that we're having this Tuesday that Antonio will be teaching. So, and it's, it's, you're going higher. Okay. And I'm pretty sure he's going to tell you, Hey, it's nothing like the ATS business university courses that we've been doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're ready because it's specifically for you and your business. He's going to teach you how to do whatever it is that you want to do for your business to take it to that next level, that million dollar business system. You know, those things that he's going to teach you it's for you. So you make sure that you are ready when you get there. I'm pretty sure he's going to give you assignments to do. You want to make sure that you get your assignments done. He don't like excuses, y'all. He, he, no. And, and when you come and say, well, I was going to do this, but this, this, and this happened. He's good. Okay. You know, you know, that don't fly with me. Right. Cause he tells us that all the time. You, you know, you knew I wasn't going to accept that. Right. So this is for you. This is for your business. So make sure you get the assignments done. It's not like I'm in school and I got to get an assignment. So I get graded. No, your grade is getting more money in your, in your business. So you want to make sure you get those things done and please know just like you got into the mastermind, you can easily get out of the mastermind because if you're not doing what you need to do, it's going to be like, well, what's the point of you being here? You know? So he tell y'all real quick. I fire people real quick. He hires so, slow and fires fast. So make sure you have everything that you need. Okay. What time is it, Grace? Now, um, it will be in the place of the marketing call that used to be on Tuesday. So it's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central. So that's 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific. Good morning, Grace. Good morning, Ms. Dojean. I am so sorry. I have been in and out since 8. I have a new phone and can't, can't work it. But <laughs> understandable. I understand. I I could not meet and talk to you, but it's good to be here and it's good to start all over again with you. So thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Glad to have you on. Glad to have you on. Glad that you, you're working your new phone. Keep working at it. It'll, it'll get easier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. We all understand about those new phones. <laughs> Grace, I was just going to say that you were talking about excuses and Antonio not accepting excuses. Yes, ma'am. Excuses are only good for the person making it. That's it. That's it, Miss Evelyn. Okay, yeah. so I may or may not have a pledge to sorority. And in that, they gave us excuses. And they said excuses are tools of incompetence. And those who specialize in them are seldomly good at anything else except giving excuses. So 
you want to make sure, you know, then, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, excuses and monuments of nothingness. To be That's it. Bridges to nowhere. Somali may or may not have pledged a sorority as well. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what she got hers too, okay? T- Tyrell can tell you the same thing because he may or may not have pledged a fraternity. And uh, oh, yeah. we're not going to no. get, in. get into it. Yeah, yeah, the black and gold. We call it black and old gold. Okay, don't don't you start because you're gonna get started. Bar started. Don't do it. Don't do it. Please okay? don't. We may hear barking and okay. We may hear barking. Can you put that quote in the chat? That was like really good. I, I'm gonna copy that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Thank you. So as we as we get that quote uh, written down, because of course uh, we don't excuses don't benefit you. Uh, you know, I'm learning just to do what serve you. Uh, it takes more time to make an excuse than it does to actually be productive. While you creating an excuse, you could be creating a productive way to a workaround or a solution. So, you know, even uh, making an excuse for yourself with yourself is not going to benefit you. So just focus on what serve you. That's simplistically what I've learned to do here lately is does that serve you? Hmm. No? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> So, anywho, with that being said, guys, I definitely want to make sure you are aware, speaking of what serve you, is the conversation with Raw. We only have a few tickets left. It's Friday. Let's let's make sure you don't miss your time. It's next Friday, actually next Saturday. So um, get to get to see why you can. There is also online up tickets available. VIP get fifty percent off on this event. Um, so definitely take advantage um, of that great discount. The conversations with Raw and having those moments and um, taking advantage of actually activating your spirit to understand what serve you is the way to go, and that makes everything else flow. How you do anything is how you do everything. I am literally learning that daily. So when you catch that, trust me, it seems like everything else flows really well. That's that correcting thing. You remember I took that vow? Did, are you guys still not correcting? Did y'all forget? I forget sometimes. You have to remember. <laughs> so this is my reminder, you know, don't correct nobody anymore. Focus on a solution instead of correcting. Correcting doesn't fix anything. I mean, finding a solution does, but correcting the person and pointing fingers and doing all the extra stuff, even yourself, doesn't fix anything. There's no solution there. The solution is finding how did this happen? How do we uh, uh, prevent it from happening again? Let's make the task, not try it, do it and move on. Simple as that. Also, my people on the sales team, if you plan on attending the June 26th event, please don't think you could just show up. We got to pay for tickets too. (laughs) We do. I pay for mine. (laughs) Yeah, I pay for mine. It's valuable. Yeah. (laughs) That was cheap. I pay for mine too. Okay. (laughs) And he said, he Antonio did say, because you are on the sales team, you do get a 50% discount. So for you, it is $49. I paid $99 because I'm the leader. And that so I wanted to lead by example. So come on, get your tickets. 49 bucks. Okay. 49 bucks. If you want to pay 99, that's great too. You know, but just come on and, and get your tickets so that we can all be blessed and be a blessing. Tempest knows what I'm about to say. You know, they say press down, shaking together, running over. I just went ahead and put that 99. Forget that 49. You know, I like to see I like to see returns. Yeah. You know, you put it in, in fertile ground, they say, and it, it, it you know, and that seed grows. I just like the okay. bliss. You know, Ashley, I had a, I had people ask any questions about Saturday, the twenty sixth, mm-hmm. um, and I realized that there is some confusion. Can you all be more specific about what that is? People don't understand what the conversation with raw is. 
It's the Antonio T. Smith Jr. company side of things. So it's actually getting a chance to speak with Antonio and also have a moment to actually connect with yourself on a spiritual, on a more spiritual side. So it's not the business side of things. We, of course, we have the ATS Junior Universities and the business side that you get out of Antonio. But with the conversation with Raw is where you get a more direct and a more specific and a loving spiritual uh, connection. And you get to have the chance to ask those questions. How can someone from a trash can become a billionaire? Okay, and someone asked me if it had anything to do with um, similar to the Good Witch type of, um, they said spirituality, the Good Witch. I think that's what people are, are confused with. Oh, no, I, I haven't heard any confusion. Good, Thank you for letting me know that. The Good You're Witch welcome. will be invited. She is actually a very great piece of that moment because she allows us to ask her questions and get feedback as well on her spiritual knowledge and understanding of being international and being able to sit down with so many people all over the world that has spiritual connections and have grown over and beyond 1%. So most of the, most of the time, if um, as far as the secret, I don't know if you, I'm sure uh, that's one of the most popular things that a lot of people are aware of, where they actually take time to understand the psyche and the mentality and the spirituality beyond just the basic understanding of religion, but understanding who you are holistically inside. Because they say, greater is he that is within thee, that is he that is of the world. So it basically allows us to have a connection and understand the international spiritual side of what our growth and our understanding of who we are and what we want to do. So it's just an open forum, basically, that adds so much value by connecting the docs going backwards to move forward. Does that anyone, does that kind of clear things up for you? Yeah. Um, it does for me, but um, Grace, is there an email pertaining to that um, one day? expiration or one day event that we could send out um i can get it's not not an email but i can i can send you an explanation so that you can send it to people okay okay thank you okay hey chantel i saw chantel's hand up she was uh, there yes i was <laughs> um so i'm gonna speak from that perspective a participant perspective um and i know that we are all spiritual beings and I know we all come from, you know, different foundations. And that term, good witch, I think what stood out to everyone is witch. And that misunderstanding of what that actually is. And not to kind of confuse that with who she is. And so I feel like if there are people who are curious, um, it, I really think you should consider it as your own personal journey. So if I'm in my spiritual place, I have to now determine where am I right now in the physical, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, where am I all across the board? Am I okay with my progress? If everything is perfect, then work to do. But that doesn't resonate with anyone, right? Because we're always evolving and growing. And so if there are things in certain areas of my life that I know I want to uh, evolve, advance, grow, mature, those are the conversations that they're having that can help me to help myself become in alignment with my best self. 
And so I just want to encourage anyone who's asking questions or curious or on the fence about it. It's really your personal journey. And are you, um, and now you have a whole open door that will lead you to that. So there is no concrete thing as to like what we're going to cover. It all depends on who's in the room or who's online, who's watching, because you get to navigate it because you're talking about yourself. So it's not really about who is speaking or how they're speaking, because, you know, confusion doesn't really uh, make anyone feel good. <laughs> right. So it's like, right. think about yourself and bring that to the table. And then that is when you'll get the result that you're looking for. Right. I hope that helps. That does help Chantel because I didn't even think of the witch part. I did, like that word throws people off sometimes, but I, you know, I um, am, you know, baptized and came through, you know, baptized twice as a matter of fact, by choice. Uh, I was baptized again at 19 because I said, I am uh, dirty. Let me, let me start over. <laughs> I didn't know that part. Let's start over, you know. <laughs> You know, so I mean, my, I, uh, you know, I've done my own research and I've done my own, um, you know, spiritual growth and journey since I was a kid. Since 16, uh, instead of leaving church, when church is over, I would go home and study the, the scripture that was spoke on and read the entire, you know, and read the entire chapter and go further and dig deeper. And with that, you know, I've, I've learned to understand the peace and the, the, the growth in loving and understanding and having a better understanding of all religions, all spiritualities, all understandings, because that only does draw you closer to God. It never has in any point drawn me further away from him, getting to know other religions like Ibram praying and his, and his religion and also having friends of all Buddhist friends and different things like that. So, you know, I guess the, the witch part, you know, being coming from a Christian background could throw you off when you watch the crazy movies. But if you really understand the natural condensation behind it, it's like we drink bread and uh, the blood and, and bread every Sunday, you know, every first Sunday. So, I mean, when you kind of take away the out of the movies out of it, <laughs> I guess that takes away the the, you know, and get, get to the seriousness and the facts of it all. It, it actually, you get more growth and understanding. I, I mean, honestly, I thought uh, for my, and I'm speaking on for myself, um, being in a high school, uh, going even back to my beginnings, when I told you I started Bible study early, uh, like 15, 16 on my own, I would take myself to church when I got my first car and I would bring other people with me. And I had a sign up in my back window that said, follow me to church on uh, Sunday mornings and on Thursdays. And I was the youngest host hostess at the church, the hostess with the mostest and made sure everyone felt welcome. And what I learned from that though, is that when you make someone feel loved, you get, you bless someone beyond that surface stuff. You know, so understanding the person, understanding the person, not what they look like, what their name is, where they come from, just literally loving the person, taking off all that skin, all that craziness, and just loving on the person. I've learned that being a host hostess with the mostest, that more people enjoy coming to the community of Faith Baptist Church. And they were trying to figure out what was the difference. And before you could even make it into the sanctuary, we made you feel welcome regardless of what you look like, regardless of what your race was, regardless of what you what you did last night, what you did this morning, what you smell like, you know, it was just acceptance. 
And with that, along with going to a high school uh, that was very international, we had a, a high school uh, principal who was an African-American man that made sure every uh, lunch period, every race was represented during their different seasons. Like we had the Asian awareness, we had Indian, you know, like, Everyone had a day that they could express themselves and, and show, you know, their actual cultural backgrounds and things of that sort. And because of that, it sparked so much more interest in me beyond Bible study to learn not just my Bible, my religion, but un better understand other people's perspectives. Never in, in that point had that ever changed or diminished me, but it actually helped me grow closer and draw nearer and want to know more. And I feel like these conversations openly is what help us grow. When, um, you know, and Prophet, I, actually, I'm going to stop here because I see my brother Prophet up in Alfreda. Prophet, speak to me. I, I'm going to pause there because I feel like you got something to say. You know, it's to the point that we as people have to mature over spirituality. You have to mature over the fact of if you see witch or psychic, you know, all them bad words that we've been taught in church. And it's the mindset of the people and what we were taught. But when you get to a point when you're open, you can receive whatever the person is saying and it will speak to you spiritually, emotionally, you know, and we even speak to your mind to have your mind blown. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I love, like you said, I love the way um, Abraham prayed the other day for Tanya. And you know, and it's like, she could have said no because of the way she probably was brought up. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's why I asked permission. Exactly. But I, I mean, I still appreciate you asking for permission. And then the part of you opening up just to be like, hey, I want to pray for her because she's got a lost one. You know what I'm saying? And you could have been like, well, I'm just going to hush because I'm Muslim. But you didn't hush. And you made me see some things that I didn't see. So we have to really be open and stop this tradition. You know, that's just like I was talking to preacher the other day and I know some of y'all probably saw it that I had twist in my hair. I should have kept it, but it was falling out. My sister braided it. But the point was, he's like, what was that about? I said, is that anything about my hair? My spirituality, the, my hair is flesh. Let me put my, put my um, camera on so I can see my sexy self. Um, my hair, now let me stop being conceited. Um, my hair is flesh. That shouldn't have nothing to do with my spirituality. When I speak, people are not looking at my hair. When this, when the good witch speak, she just gonna speak from her experience. 
And we have to be open enough to receive that. But also, I raise my hand for do the um, the ones that are online, could they, um, also what I'm looking for? Help me out, Ashley. I'm looking for a word. Um, interact, or they can have questions, or they can have concerns too, yeah. or those yeah, that actually, are Kevin behind. sent us a list, <laughs> right, Kevin? Uh, yes, Kevin. You know, because basically, as as they're going through profit, what you'll do it, you can send us, you can send us your questions through the comments, as well as you can send it directly to Mira Grace and we can make sure that they have it. So um, that's what Kevin did. And it, it really turned out great because the questions he had, some of us had there as well. So I was like, wait a minute, I have a question about this. And that's that's also, Sadia, one of the great things about it with the conversation around, even all those like, why do you call yourself the good witch? Because she really did break that down for us. I think that's where the the word became nothing to me. And I, I didn't, I really didn't put any connection to it uh, to even address it because she really broke it down to us and helped us understand so much of her reasoning for calling herself the good witch. Uh, you know, so it was, it's an amazing thing what I was saying and that's what connects Prophet and I appreciate him so much is because we both have a lot in common is that we love the Lord, you know, and the, but the, 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 the amazing thing about it is that when you understand that greater is within me. Grace. And when I understood that for myself, that's when my life changed. Gracious Ashley, mm -hmm. tell that guy Antonio to turn his mic off and don't. He just popped up on us. And don't <laughs> listen to what I'm. And don't listen to what I'm about to say. Because this, because this is for the ATS family. Yeah. Y'all know that for most of you, other than Phil and Susan, I've probably been here the longest. Okay. When I first met Antonio. And y'all hear me call him a heathen all the time. <laughs> all the time. That's it, yeah, sir. Call all, all the time. My spirit, the spirit that is within me, said, he's been hurt by the church. I don't know how. I don't know why. I never asked him how he was hurt by the church or how the church hurt him. But I've been hurt by the church. And I grew up in the church. And I'm a born again believer, and I'm a Christian, and I was raised up in a Baptist church, and I was raised on the King James Version. And I am, I, people say Christianity is a way of life. No, it is my life. Okay. But I knew that that young man had been hurt by the church, but I never asked him his business, and I never asked him why. And I listened to him, and I watched him in that spiritual arena. And I listened to him embrace Muslims and Jewish and all that from his teaching and from his background. And I said, there's something there that I don't know about and I wanna learn about it. And I wanna understand that not to change what I believe because I'm sorry, folks. I know that when I got born, when I was saved, I did two confessions. One when I was 16 years old, wasn't a bit more saved than the man on the moon. And one when I was 21 years old and I knew I was born again at that time. And I knew that I was going to spend eternity, but guess what? I knew that what I had before was false. So if I was deceived then, I can be deceived again. But I knew at 21, I wasn't. And I said that when I run into other people, before I decide what they are and what they not, I want to learn. I want to embrace, not to change what I have, but to understand because I was deceived. And if I can be deceived, others can be. 
And how in the hell am I gonna have the opportunity to make a difference if I automatically judge what they believe without giving an opportunity to learn how they got what they were at? So I listened and I paid attention. And then I realized, I say, wait a minute, I don't hear him talking about be, being born again. I don't hear him talking about Jesus Christ, but I learned over the three years I've been with him, he is a devout born again believer, but what he has learned is the love of Christ in his life. And, and that's what, and when Christ died on Calvary, as we say Christians, he didn't die just for Christians. He died for everybody. Talk. Hello. Talk. That's what that crazy dude does. Everybody affording everybody opportunity to be exposed to what's out there and let them make a choice. So I'm saying this, I ain't saying this to him. I'm saying this to our family. And, I, and I'm not saying that to say, well, everything is, is hunky dory and everything's like, if you believe what you believe, stand in your belief, but you ain't got to alienate anybody else because it's different. Just like a, a prophet said, when Abraham prayed the other day, my head blew off. I said, God, that was so amazing. That was so fair. I'm a Christian, but that was fantastic. He represented God, not Muslim, not Christian. I, he represented, and he saw someone in pain, and he reached out and embraced them and didn't ask them, what's your denomination? What's your doctrine? Oh, you're a good witcher. You're a bad witcher. You whatever. He her, You had a preach, boy. Come on now. Come on, now, Jerome. That was energy, good love, energy, and care and heart. I don't want you to change what you believe. I don't want you to change what you what has gotten you where you are, but don't create an atmosphere to push others away. Because if what you got is powerful, if what you got is eternal, they need it and they can't get it if you push them away. I'm done. Talk, sir. I, I want to just add I'm one thing to, to this. Um, <clears throat> If you're if you're confused about what it is, if you did if you did not attend last month, but we had the the one day online and in person thing with within with Antonio and the Good Witch, it's kind of like I don't know from a Christian perspective, if you've ever been in like a um at, at a point to where you're really in prayer about something and you're focused on it and you're meditating on it, and then somebody walks up to you and taps you on your shoulders, and it speaks a word to you about exactly what you were meditating on and praying about, well. The raw alignment is a lot like that. It's like if you go with the intention of I'm meditating and I'm and I'm and I'm wanting to focus on this this thing in my life. There's this goal I want to reach. There's this area that I'm blocked in, and I want to know you know what I need to do. Why 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 that block is there? What's the next step for me to overcome that? If you go with that intention and you go open and you ask the questions, you'll receive the answers. That's as simply as simple as I can put it. So if you have questions and you, you want to remove some blocks and you want to understand why things are happening and how to move forward in personal things, business things, whatever it is, have your questions ready and then get your answers. Hey, is Antonio on? Yes, sir. Sure. Sure is. Okay. I'm going to ask these questions because you're on here. I wasn't going to say it now that she was on here because I, I think I'll say some things that might sound cryptic but I know you are a Bible scholar and you'll know, you'll know where I'm at and what I'm trying to say. Yes, sir. And if, I, if it's messed up, you can correct it, right? I speak freely. Or, or address it, right? And so as um, far as uh, 
good witches and stuff like that. I'll just give a quick background. Where I grew up, right, uh, my mom did voodoo. She had witchcraft in the house. She's one of the first uh, people in Columbus, Ohio, that wanted to set up a store. And so I've been on the ground. I've, I've had blood on my shoulder. I'll put it to you that way, right? Um, and later on in my life, I got saved. Um, and so for from a Christian's perspective and from a person who's uh, been there and done some different things, right? We know in the Bible, it was very, uh, uh, very important that uh, witchcraft was not allowed to live within Israel. Um, and when it comes to um, different religions, the only, well, one of the things that highlights to me, if you can look it up, you have a phone, you look up uh, the queen of heaven. And that's where they were dealing with the queen of heaven with the bread and, and God got upset. And that's why uh, Israel went with the captivity uh, King Nico went into captivity. That's the Africans. That's the Assyrians. All of them went into captivity because uh, God was not being um, separated and highlighted as the only true and living God. Uh, then later on comes Christianity with Jesus Christ that says, Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by me. So as Christians, when we hear um, witchcraft, and all these different things is because uh, some of it is because of the movies and they go, ooh, and stuff like that. Um, and then when you hear about voodoo, people are like, oh, but my mom voodooed somebody and it worked, y'all. I ain't gonna lie to you. That fella got jacked up. That voodoo worked. She took my Kung Fu uh, G.I. Joe, remember the G.I. Joe gorilla? It was Mr. Green. She took some pins, stuck it in with Mr. Green, tied it up, did some stuff, put it in the drawer. Mr. Green got jacked up. And so therefore I was fearful after Mr. Green got cracked up, jacked up. And certain things happened to me and I've seen things. I've seen some stuff. I, it ain't, I'm not just talking. I've seen some and I fought with some stuff too. So that is real. And so for some Christians uh, uh, in that, when they see that, they put their hands up, say, no, 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 no. And they keep moving. And sometimes they understand, sometimes they don't understand. You know, and I'm not uh, bashing anybody because I go to different places that Maybe I shouldn't go. People hit me for that. Well, why are you over there? I want to see. I like to talk to people and I like to get into it. Not so much arguing, but I like to go in. Let's go in. I believe in truth, right? And that's why I'm with Jesus. And so uh, for some, we can't run down that road. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not bashing anybody. You know, if, if that's working for you, okay. I'm not mad at you, right? But for us Christians, there is a time to separate holy and unholy. And so for us, uh, Antonio, we would like to have something. That's all. That's, I guess, what I'm trying to say. We would like to have something that's fully Christian because we, some of us, because of certain things we've seen in the physical and in the spiritual, but also scripturally, it doesn't line up like that. And I'm not being dogmatic, nothing against anybody else, but I would be in trouble if I didn't, you know, say what I know. And I don't know a lot, but the things that I do know, I know. Let me let me let me let me respond real quick. I like I love everything you said. Let me let me. And I read your book too. That helped. You did? That Which pushed one? me farther down the road. That made me more dogmatic. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about the God at war? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> okay, okay. God, it's a it's a it's a it's a commentary on First Kings chapter seventeen. 
It is. So if you he read that, did he definitely? So you really know my mind now for sure. That's for sure. I like everything you said, especially the last part when he said with conviction, right? So what, what's conviction? This is where I don't know if you ever heard a preacher speak and another preacher speak, and one of them have power and one does not. Well, power comes from not what you know, but what you believe in. So if you believe in what you said, that's that power. If it's like head knowledge, you just sound good, but that's not power. You know what I'm saying? When, when Martin Luther King said, I have a dream, he believed in that, right? And it, 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 it spearheaded or at least launched higher the civil rights movement. So when Pastor Barlett just said, I'd be wrong if I don't say, you, you right. If y'all got religious and you're not sharing it with me, you are you do not have a religion. You are trash. You are doing wrong. Do you understand? If you're not telling me that we Christian and I ain't got a problem with nothing going on here, but if we can just have just a little Christian corner, if you're not saying that, you're wrong. It's the truth. If you're not being Jewish and 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 helping me understand Judaism, you're wrong. Real talk. Like if you had this is he said a lot of great things, but the last part I really enjoyed. Your job is to spread with grace what you believe. And if you're not doing that, you tripping. You 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 you're literally just using your your religion as a fireproof insurance. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of Christians that just become Christian not to go to hell but they're not making a difference though that's not the point the point is not to have see let me let me I'm gonna say it this way in a clever way so y'all can tweet it Pastor Barlett just said in so many words Jesus Christ is not just my savior he's also my lord that's basically what he said most people have Jesus just as savior. You know what I'm saying? Just, all right, all right, I got mine. Thank you so much. Now, you're not going, oh, you're not going to ruin my life now. now. Wait a minute now. No, 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 no. You in charge of my salvation. I'll handle my life. How, how, many, how many of y'all know people like that? How many of you used to be people like that? I got my hand up first. It's all good. Okay, thank you so much. I, I, it's, it's always my older, older folk that I ain't scared to admit. <laughs> Like, like, hey, I'm saying, thank you so much. Thank you. Get out of my life, God. Get out of my life. I got it from here. I got no nope because they pissed me off. And you take too long. So I got to, I got to bring through this justice because you took too long. I ain't the only one. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Got to be tarrying around. I ain't telling you all that tear. My whole desire is for you to keep your theology, whatever that is but just change your tone. You know what I'm saying? If between what Jerome just said, Pastor Bartlett just said, if you just accept that other people are out here, you're probably living your religion. Real talk. You're probably living your religion. If not, you, actually, let me switch that. If you accept that other people out here you are living your sacred text in the character of your... 
I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger and how our mission can inspire tomorrow this is journalism that helps the world we live in this is makes it news protagonist if you do not accept that you're living your religion well said you understand because there's two things i heard when y'all was talking i wouldn't go say a single word there's two things i say when i was talking it's two things. When I heard Prophet Jerry talk about his half, yeah, we have a serious problem when you cannot have black protective hairstyles in a black church. For instance, okay, we accidentally believe that black history started in 1500. You don't think you do, but you do. It's why you say things like, well, Hymns is what we should be singing. Young folk out here, come, don't fool me now. Or you say things like the King James Bible is the only Bible. Okay. King James Bible, eradicated, written, 1511. I was at the four, I was at the 500 year anniversary in 2011 at Houston Baptist University. I got my Bible signed by the literary stylist of the English Standard Version. 1511, King James Version, okay? Hymns, you know where hymns come from? 1600, Underground Railroad. It was how we communicated with one another. So if your servitude with the Lord goes back to slavery, I'm gonna need you to be like Pastor Barnett and recognize that there were religions that predate Christianity. It's some other power out here, because what do you say, Mr. Green? <laughs> Get out of my way, right? If your history goes back to just American slavery, you probably need to do some extra research. Just because. Just I can say it and I ain't got no shame. World history is black history. Don't ever get it twisted. The whole world started in Africa. Bishop. Period. Amen. Yes, sir. You said something because look, I'm so used to Mm -hmm. bald head, Mm -hmm. the the bald uh, shave. Mm Because this was what the preachers said you had to do. And where that come from? Slavery. I just need y'all to I just need y'all to process. 
that you cannot walk around Africa with a bald head your whole life. I'm not sure if y'all processing this information. Black people have wider nose because it's hot. And if you wanna keep your brain cool in hot places, you must ex ex absorb more oxygen than other people. European people have longer hair straight because if you wanna keep your brain warm, you should probably take care of the vessels on your neck leading up to your brain. When it's 30 degrees, well, let me go to Celsius. When it's five degrees Celsius outside. Evolution is a real thing. We have wide nostrils because it was hot. Phil has long hair because it was cold. But to sit up here and then just say to yourselves, you know what? You ought to be clean shaven. When? When was that? When was that a thing? Because if you're black and you was out there in the sun, I dare you, I dare you right now, cut all your hair off and just go out. Forget Africa. Let's just go outside right now and sit there and see if you don't need no sunscreen soon. This don't make no sense, y'all. Especially with all the medicines y'all take now. You fool around and have your head, you know what? Sit in the car with your head shaved, put on no AC, just sit there. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you, I dare you to see that we simply adopted protective hairstyles for our environments, but media and propaganda demonized anything that's brown. They made witchcraft people eat uh, cannibals, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Africa is always seen to be poor and all sorts of stuff. Jamaica is violent. The brown countries on the current map you use are small. European countries are big. It just is what it is. It has nothing to do with whatever you think. If it, for, Google it yourself, 40% of Muslims are white. I dare you to Google it. I dare you to Google it. 40%, yeah, I know it's incredible. 40% of Muslims are white, but- Antonio. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. That's, it's the same reason why uh, when the Christians converted the Roman emperor, the whole world yep. became Christian. We're like, hey, if, if we get to convert more people, let's go to the people who have power, right? <laughs> Just convert right. white people and others will follow. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. He's absolutely right. Yeah. Anything that is not Christian has been demonized. I'm not talking about your beliefs. This, this is not what Pastor Barlett was saying. I'm saying the media, the, the propaganda that flowed, if it's brown, it's, it's bad. If it's brown, it's poor. You... I live in the same world y'all live in, okay? The only reason Muslims get the slack they get is because can you imagine, just think about this for a second, imagine having the power that is in the world today with a black Jesus. 
A brown Jesus. Let's push that further. A, a religion dominated by non-white people. Think about it. All right, I'll push it further. How many Christians would you know right now would still be Christian if they actually processed the information that how the hell you go to Africa and find Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? I started Bible study at 16. It was confusing. <laughs> Think about that. I can't go there now and find Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And your sacred text does not say those names of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are commonly known as these names. It just is what it is. But do yourself a favor and just love and it don't matter the differences i just highlighted don't matter if you love it don't matter it don't that's what pastor Barley was saying if you love your religion it don't matter if you want to be have a holy place for you that's what's supposed to happen and i heard you loud and clear it'll be erected next week don't worry about it because I, I typically move pretty fast so <laughs> pastor Barley, you'll see something by monday you believe that right <laughs> i typically move pretty fast you're supposed to desire that. What you're not supposed to do is be the opposite of what he just did. He said, listen, I ain't got a problem with none of that stuff. That's what he said. And I'm just trying to look. But if there could be a safe place for me, I'd appreciate it. How you, how you gonna disagree with that? Well, who has the unmitigated gall to disagree with somebody saying, do you mind if there's a safe place so we can speak our language to one another? Let me tell you the real problem with black folk. Nah, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. Say it. Say it. Don't do 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 it. Go I'm going to find a very, I'm going to switch it up what I was going to say. If y'all, if this was just a black crowd, I would have said the problem with black folk is black folk ain't got a problem. White folk got a problem with black folk. It's what I would have said if y'all was all black. But since y'all not, I have to find a different way to say it. Wait, we're not all black? Who is not black in here? I don't know. Phil is black. Jerry's black. You're correct. Are they not black in here? I'm trying to figure it out myself. Because my brother is black. You know this is recorded, right? That's all I'm saying. All this is recorded. And the other ones is his parents of mine. So I don't know. She's fair. She's fair. She's fair. Now, Antonio. Yes, Scientifically. That everyone has everybody. a certain degree of melatonin in their skin and they sell, and that's what makes you that's what the more you have, that's what makes you dominant color. That's so that right. just solves all that. There that's is but right. one color, and it's through migration that the other colors were were were, were evolved. That's the end of that. You can't even be alive without melatonin. It's impossible, right? It's impossible. And every person here has a genetic memory of a black mother, okay? Let me let's process this because y'all not gonna like this. If you fool around 
and be anything because remember because race is an illusion that's that's what we created it's really it's one human race right everything's illusion but since we here you fool around and you you what you call it let me i'm trying to find a, a better way to have sex with you with it, relations there you go you fool around to have relations with someone who is black the genetic memory of the first person will show up in that child Do you understand? This this is science. You're right. In your genealogy, you have a dominant gene and a recessive gene. And if you put them together and your dominant genes come together, you're going to get that. That's how it works. It just is what it is. It just is what it is. That's science. Because the first people, everybody in history knows this. Every history knows this. Every school of thought knows this. The first people on planet Earth were dark skinned. Okay? Period point. The world was in Africa. Fertile crescent. Literally sitting right where Abraham is right now is where the world just start start teeming with life. It was. Okay, it really was. It just is what it is. There's a Hebrew, no, what word is that? It's a comedic word for Mesopotamia, means between two rivers. Okay. And, and your 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 old testament actually says there's three rivers because we actually found out through satellite imagery, one of them is dried up. This is what it is. Okay, if it wasn't for the, everybody here is African. Every single person on this call is African. It is, you just are. Now, after that, we start dividing and start hyphenating stuff. This is why I like France. France, if you are, if you're in France, you're just French. I don't know if y'all know that. You're not, not, you're not French Nigerian or Nigerian French. No, 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 we do that over here. I don't know if you have, it's so much propaganda going on. If you are, I'll say it this way. Anybody who is white is American. All else is hyphenated. That's how silent the, the programming is. If you're a Polish, you're Polish American. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's also, Antonio, it's also the reason mm -hmm. why it's also the reason why white supremacists and the alt-right guys and these uh, kids actually believe that everyone else is foreign to the land, even though everyone, literally, including white people, are foreign to the land. They just assume that they, they're naturalized and everyone else isn't because everyone else gets a hyphen. Everyone else yep. gets a parenthesis. Yep. Uh, I would tell you all this here. Make sure... This is why I understand politics, but you need to stay out of it. Okay? Understand it, but you need to stay out of it. And I'm going to tell you why. The reason why we have such harsh abortion laws has nothing to do with your Christian stance. That's a, that's, that's a lie. There's a book written. Somebody look up The Birth Dearth for me. I forgot. I think it's like 1987. The Birth Dearth. There's a book written by a fantastic European guy, um, white guy in America, just fantastic. He broke it down. I, I, Grace, Google it and then show your screen so they don't think I'm lying. The birth dearth. Here's what's really going on. I'm going to tell you why we don't like immigration, and I'm going to tell you why we got abortion laws. And it's all driven through politics. Let's start with immigration because that's the easiest. We don't have immigration 
because who's going to come in and vote for assistance? People who need assistance. I thought that I thought that was pretty easy, right? If you are an immigrant or if you are despondent, you're probably going to want government assistance. Is that not right? Not forever, but you don't want government assistance. Well, which is the party of government assistance? Is that am I not am I off? It's the blue party, right? The left party. So the reason why we have problem with immigration, because then you just have a whole left country. Am I am I doing too much? Is that too high? Or is that like literally some of this stuff is just common sense? <clears throat> should you should you not get so involved? The immigration was easy. That was easy. Birth, dirth. <clears throat> where's the book? 1987. Okay, there it is. <clears throat> 1987. The term was coined by Ben Wattenberg, 1987. Let me tell you something. I got notes on this book. I got notes on this book. Let me tell you something. The moral of this book is very simple. Not now, now I'm having fun, Pastor Barley. I'm having fun now. So this is, <laughs> I'm having fun now, okay? It's out of print. <laughs> it's, I, oh, it, it is out of print, but yeah. uh, they got them on. You can still get them. Okay. You know what I'm saying? The internet. Uh, don't care about out of print. <laughs> yeah. I, I get it. I get it. No, I got you. I got you too. I got you. Like I, I got notes on the book. I've been working on this really book. I've been working on this really long book. Um, it's called Resegregation: The Facts of the Facts of Black Oppression, The Facts of the Black Solution, and The White Ally. So the premise of the book is <clears throat> exactly what it says. Here's the facts of the black oppression. Period. Point blank. It is what it is. Here are the black solutions. Period. Point blank. Here's what it is. And here's the, here's the plight of the white ally. But let me tell you what's wrong with Phil and Jerry and Susan. Let me tell you what's wrong with them. Since they like me, they get to get treated like me now. That's the plight of the white ally. The plight of the white ally is if you cross that boundary, you now get to get treated like a Negro. It's, it's in the slave codes. It says, 1622, Doctrine of Exclusion, Maryland, first founding, first founding stone of racism, says that uh, 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 Phil Barlett and them, now nah, they can't get the fruits of white labor. Okay, cool, cool. And if you help them, then you ain't gonna get the fruits of white labor. And we're gonna treat you like them for violating the law. And this is still relevant right now. Because if you are a white person trying to help social injustice and help black people, you will be treated like a Negro. Do you understand how tough you have to be to understand you got privilege and then say, I'm a use said privilege or I'm a lay down said privilege to help out my friend? Do you understand how insane you have to be to do that? So the book is covering those three things. The problem of the white ally, why we ain't got enough. That's fair. You know why we ain't got enough? Because they're gonna lose everything. <laughs> so when is it coming out? It is, I'm, I'm pushing for later. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say it, now it's a press. When is it coming out? <laughs> I'm pushing for later this year. That's why I dropped the movie early this year, Resegregation. I'm pushing for December time. I want to movie? December. What, what movie are you talking about? Yes. When this happened, I should have <laughs> linked right now for you. 
uh, Shit of the League right now for yes, oh, I have a oh, home. Okay. That resegregation movie, yeah, I sure do. And I was, as I was researching the book, I was like, yo, I never heard of this birth dirt stuff, right? So when I write books, I typically like to, I like to make sure that I'm arguing all opposing viewpoints because because I know they come in, okay? I know they, as a matter of fact, you know what? I'm gonna show y'all the, we here, it's Friday, so we might as well have a little fun. Okay, there's the link to the movie, but let me, let me, let me show y'all something. Now, just so you know, well, anywho, let me just show y'all. Oh, I could play with sound. Tempest, you're so smart. Tempest told me how to play with sound. Why you ain't never tell me that before? You told me in January. See, the problem is, I don't be listening to Tempest. That's the problem. Ain't that the problem? There it is. She says she agrees with the problem. It's gonna play like three minutes or something. I come here today to talk about how I feel and I feel like that we are treated differently than other people and I don't like how we're treated and just because of our color doesn't mean anything to me. I believe that you're doing great. You're doing a great job. We are black people and we shouldn't have to feel like this. We shouldn't have to protest because y'all are treating us wrong. We do this because we need to and have rights. Let, let her, let her talk. Go ahead. Anyway, you get the point. I'll stop right here because you should be in tears. But it's a full featured film with all sorts of stuff. And it is, the knowledge in there is incredible, right? They wanted me to submit it to Sundance Festival, but you, you'll see, you, you'll see when you get there. And it was the preamble to the book. And in here, so I'm going to share my book notes because I want you to see how hard I've been working on this book. So here is the resegregation, and this is how long the notes are. All this is just what it took me to, I don't even know what to tell you, like, it, right? This is just me organizing my thoughts. This is me talking about the prison system, how... Um, 1665, they say we don't have a labor force. And I, I, I like, here's the Virginia slave codes. Like I make sure I document everything. Here's the Omnibus Crime Bill Act. The reason why we are so big on prisons is because you get $27,000 per prisoner and $82,000 for every jail cell. It's, it's here. And Joe Biden championed this bill. It just is what it is, right? You know what I'm saying? It's right here. And, uh, a couple of years ago, it was a $3 billion economy and black people don't get in a single right? It's boom, boom, boom. I got every single thing here. All these links are for here. All this here, just here. It's, it's a bunch. It's way yeah, too they, much. It's a whole bunch. They participate yeah, ahead, in a whole, 
they participate in a whole different way. The black folks. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth, right? <laughs> yeah. And so even, and John Oliver was talking about it and I was like, man, I like these little three points you said, right? So I was gonna talk about these. I actually paused the video right here so I could get these points. And I kept the YouTube link. And, and the number one problem, this is, this is how I see it. This is the media problem I got addressed in the book. This is me organizing my thoughts. And of course, my master's degree kind of makes me do this, right? So this is, this is basically the thesis of the book right here. This is a race for wealth and all people are not supposed to be equal. This is the number one problem as I see it. Equality must be made. And with our current level of consciousness, we're not gonna do this because a race is always a contest. This is the thesis to this entire book. That since we've made race, race implies Jerome, somebody got to lose and there can only be one winner. This is the problem as I see it. And then of course, right, y'all hear me talk about this all the time. Now, birth dirt. This, this is it. This is the book. I read this whole book. You understand? I read this. Yes, sir. I, I don't mean to stop you, but don't try to take my notes. So on this one, because this is uh, when you say uh, uh, race, right? And I think of survival of the fittest. I forgot the gentleman's name. Is that is that what that is? Darwin. Yes, absolutely. We've, we okay. borrowed it from there. Absolutely. Dar uh, Charles Darwin was part of the first scientific revolution. And then we've been eating off that the whole time, right? We've been drinking that Kool-Aid. And, and the guy that uh, uh, survival of the fittest, yep. survival of the fittest, I forgot his name. Charles Darwin. No, Darwin. no, I'm talking about, yeah, Darwin's it came from, but the dude that coined it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, don't um, I forget who I, I can't remember his name, but when you were saying that only one people, only one group can win. That's it. And I'm thinking, is that, is that, and that, I'm gonna make sure I'm on the same road. Yep. And that, okay. Okay. Yep, absolutely. The same road. Yes, sir, Ibrahim. Yeah, the uh, survival of the fittest means different thing for white people and for black people. For white people, the survival of the fittest means whoever is the fittest, you know, the most ripped, the biggest muscles, who's really fit. And uh, for for black people, it means who gets to fit in, you know, who, who yeah. goes along with things, doesn't speak up, keeps his head down. See, survival of the fittest means two different things for different races wow. here. That was a very good point. I might put that in the book. Very good point. So here's a note. I want to show you something. This is, we don't need to read everything. We just need to read this one part here because I read the book. I didn't even know about the book, but on my read, you know how you research something, Phil, and you get to something else, and you get to something else. I had no idea about the book. I had no idea about the book. And it was in 1987. Remember I told you, I was going to tell you why we don't like immigration, why we don't like abortion. I said abortion was going to be harder. I mean, why we have such harsh abortion laws. This is, this is not my commentary. This is the notes from the book, okay? The main problem confronting the United States is that there are not enough white babies being born in the country. This man was the advisor to presidents to the United States. I, go read the book. It's online. It's available online. It's available online, okay? Just probably not through Amazon. This is what the book says. There are three things we can do to solve this problem. At this point, I'm gonna blow this up because I want y'all to see what the book says. Okay? There are three things to solve this problem. Keep in mind, I am not a white guy, okay? So I didn't write this. 
we can pay women to have babies, but we would have to pay women of all colors to have babies. So we won't do that. Did y'all hear that? Number two, we increase the number of illegal immigrants that are allowed into the country every year. But then he says, unfortunately, the vast amount of majority, the vast majority of these people would be people of color. Number three, 60% of the fetus that are aborted every year are white babies. <clears throat> if we can keep that 60% alive, we will solve our birth dirt. And y'all had no idea that was out there. We have the laws we have right now. <clears throat> they, see, Felicia, they like to do, they like to demonize it. Oh, black people doing this, or you know, brown people doing this, or this and this. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. The statistics, the data. First off, we can't afford. Well, I mean, they do all that. Okay. What is what is appropriate here is to understand there's an agenda to make sure that <clears throat> people don't go extinct. And when you hear them march, you can, they tell you every time, if you ever wanna know what people think, just listen to them march. Black folks say, stop killing us. Stop killing us. Other folks say, we will not be replaced. We will not be extinct. Just look, people will always tell you why they feel oppressed. One side feels we're on the verge of extinction. The other side feels you're, ex you're making us extinct. Okay, go ahead, Susan. And there it is. Those are not my facts. That's a book. I'm not telling you the books are facts. I'm just telling you what the book said. Okay, okay, go ahead, Susan. Antonio, you know, mm -hmm. where I grew up, um, it was so segregated. I mean, the, the blacks lived way, way, way out in the holler. Yeah. And, you know, they came in to school and everyone was like afraid when, you know, they weren't part of it. Um, and I just, I knew this, I knew my whole life that was wrong. I just knew that. And I always would be a lab partner um, with a black person. I always reached out and had friends and, and they, you know, the thing is, I learned so much. Um, first of all, they are smarter um, than white people, you know, um, just general knowledge. Um, so, you know, I knew that early on and Phil did too. He happened to be in a school. Um, so when we got together and we were married and we started having kids, we were in one of the most affluent towns communities in Ohio um, and the school systems there were the top in the country free but we from the age of three we put our kids in an international school and so their best friends were from all over the world they don't know anything different um, and you know and that has continued and for Chad in the army you know, that was something for him. Most of his, a lot of his friends are black. Uh, my kids, that's Serena, even the youngest, but Sarah Maria, 
as you all, some of you know, not all of you. I mean, that was something that, I mean, she read and read and studied and studied her whole life just as a young child. She couldn't get enough books on it, just learning and grasping it all. And when she went to college and she majored in politics because she didn't like politics and she wanted to do something about it. So she had an opportunity to study abroad and she chose Ghana while everyone else chose all the fun places to do all kinds of fun things. Well, most of the kids, when they got there, they, you know, for their assignment, they made jewelry or pottery or just fun things, not her. She wanted to know how the farmers did in the rice paddies. So she had to travel for hours and hours on changing buses. And these buses have no floors and it's a hundred degrees and people are packed in. And she went and went and went and went. Then she got there and she couldn't get the way to get to the farmer in the rice paddy. So she rented a bicycle and she rode the bicycle so she could go out in the field with the farmer to interview him so that she could write her paper. And that was one of the things that she did. And so that was, that was important to her. And when she came home and graduated, uh, we didn't know it, but for a couple of years, she worked and saved almost every penny she had and said she was going back to Ghana. And we're like, well, how are you gonna pay for that? And she said, here's my checking account. I need you to take care of all this and um, I'm gonna be fine. And so she financed her whole trip went to Ghana, was supposed to stay a year, stayed three years, and she taught school in a village. She lived in a village in a hut, no running water, nothing. She had nothing. And she learned the dialect. She interviewed heads of states, heads of tribes. She learned how to communicate with them. She would take them gifts and push it over to them before they started their conversations. Um, and she was beloved and still is beloved. And very much missed there. She was supposed to go back last summer. She now is Dr. Sarah Maria Sorrentino, the head of race That's and culture theories <laughs> at the University of Alabama. And she speaks all over the country and speaks on Zoom things worldwide on race and gender studies and all of that. She studied slavery from the very beginning of time. And she is one of the most well-versed in all in in this country for sure and so she was supposed to go back to a big thing in Ghana but with the pandemic she didn't get to go so our connection now I have Antonio you a lot of you were on this call with our connection from Ohio that then while Sarah Maria was there moved there because he had a great opportunity and he, he, and he was tired of everything in this country. And he went to Ghana, a white guy, and had a lot of the beliefs that we had. We had him meet up with Sarah Maria. She thought she wasn't gonna like this white guy, but ended up, you know, he had the same values and thoughts and everything as her. And now he has spent, I don't know if it's 10 or 15 years there and he is beloved by all the people and there is a whole system there. You can't just go there because you're black and think you're going to get into situations and do what you want to do. You still, there's a whole prove yourself and all those things. So 
the connection, the whole point now that I'm saying is that connection now, Antonio's going to Ghana. I've connected with him with him, and I know that he's going to lead you and teach you in the right ways to do the business that you want to do and all the things that he is doing, building a huge community of green and all that and water systems and all that for uh, the people of Ghana. And he is just, I know it's going to be an amazing connection. And that's how we got to this point now and why we, I believe, are here um, for all of that. And Amen. I believe it yeah. too. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Y'all did a good job with your kids. Yeah, let's, let, let us clap for Phyllis Susan. Cause now they, they, they did, they did. Their kids are weird and I like it. <laughs> yeah, they're all weird. They're all weird. <laughs> the kids are weird. Yes, not, isn't she married to a, um, a Ghanaian? Is that, am I, do I have that right? Or yes. I, okay. Yes. He go. is, um, he has a whole school on African um, drumming and dance and mainly dance. Well, it's drumming too that he takes his company all over the world and, and does, uh, does this. So, and it was weird that, you know, we hadn't met him and I don't know where Sarah Maria was, I guess in California. Yeah, she was working on her doctorate and he, he ended up performing like five miles from where we live, you know, and he'd never been here or anything like that. So we got to go we thought it was just going to be some little half hour thing, but actually all the Ghanaian people, all the dignitaries in this entire country were there. It was a ceremony that um, went on for, I don't know, maybe six hours. And she was like apologizing to us. I was texting her minute by minute and they performed and danced and did all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was like this big dinner and, all this all these ceremonies with the dignitaries from different parts of the country and then they would sit and tell the state of things where they were it was amazing we absolutely loved it we learned so much and you know have pictures and memories and and of course phil you know spoke some then and they loved it they didn't know who's this yeah. who are these white people sitting here? it was it was funny i had my brother once said to me since phil my daughter is dating an African-American. I said, Andy, my daughter's married to an African. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was too funny. Hey, the best thing I heard all year. <laughs> but I was, I was 10 years old when I was given a book called Black Like Me by John Howard Griffin, who is an African-American. I don't know, anybody familiar with the book? Never heard who, of it. Who, it's called Black Like Me. And he, and in the in the uh, in the late fifties, black like me, and John Griffin, You're right? Okay, thank you. All right. and, and, yeah, and in the fifties, he was a white guy that made himself look black and lived in the South, and then reported what that was like. So I read that when I was ten years old. So you know this this whole situation we're dealing with is something that we're blessed right now to be on the forefront of, of, of turning that thing around and making a difference and it's it's groups like what we are is the one that's going to make that happen more than ever before so keep on keeping on people remember we are all one can i say something antonio 
Hello. Oh, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said yes. Yes, and I'm in the okay. call right after you. Um, I, there are two things I'd like to say. Uh, one is the question, um, and I'm going to say the comment first. Um, if anyone is familiar with the scripture in John 16, I think it's um, 16, 12 through like 17, 18 around here. It talks about um, Jesus saying to the disciples that they are not matching up with the knowledge that they need to know. And a lot of the knowledge that they need to know, they can't get it now. Because he says, there are many things that I have to say to you. There are many things I have to teach you. But you're unable to receive that now because you are carnal. So carnal means to be more mindful of the fleshly things, more aware of the things that you are able to see versus the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. Now, us coming from, because to be told, <laughs> you have a life before you were born. But Jesus says there in John 16, he says, but I'm going to send the spirit. Now, that's a spirit. He's not going to send a flesh. He's sending the spirit. And the place where the spirit is going to dwell is within you which is one of the reasons why it says that <clears throat> greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The spirit is dwelling within the temple, which is what your body is. It is a vessel. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. There are things that we cannot get unless we are on a spiritual realm only because God is all spirit. We are entity. However, Jesus never pushes knowledge on us. The things that Jesus has to tell us, he says, it's coming from him. The spirit will guide us to what that knowledge is. But if you have no communication with the spirit, then how do you know those things? And if those things come to you by spirit, how do you discern, which is what we're supposed to do, discern the word? There's a proper channel of getting that knowledge. But if you are carnal, which means, like I said earlier, to be stuck in the sense of noticing what is everything you could touch, which God has already let us know, that is a thing that you you don't actually have to deal with that unless you are dealing with the spirit first. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like what Jesus is saying about him having the Holy Spirit come with the gift from God Almighty. He gave through the son, Jesus Christ. He gave to us so that we would be aware of these things. The spirit you have to have to have a good relationship with Jesus Christ. It's like people trying to get to the father without coming through the son. You can't do. 
you have a better understanding. Okay. My question to you, Antonio T. Mm -hmm. Smith Jr. Do you have any of the information because I can't remember and I can't find it um, in my stuff? Mm -hmm. Do you remember the person in, eight, in 1585 that said that there was a nation and country that had to be dismantled because of their greatness, they were rich, very um, rich. They were. Um, I do, but very you don't smart. Answer. And it was Africa. They they were looking at, and he said that they would need to. I do know the answer. And make them look like us. I do know the answer, but you don't want to. You don't want to know it. I mean, I tell you, but after the. So you just made a theological treatise defending Christianity, which is fine, which is great. But your answer is going to crush everything you just said if I answer it for you. I wanted people to know about the spirit because no, you fine. have to deal with the spirit world in order to get to it. it it's impossible to have the knowledge in the carnal that you don't have any other way but staying in the carnal. So to get to the spiritual, you have to be able to have a relationship in No, the everything you said, no, nah, everything. First off, you can't be, if you're gonna quote scriptures, you kind of can't be wrong because you're quoting scriptures, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so if you quote scriptures, if, right. if you're making something, if you're drawing an observation from scriptures, you can't be wrong. That I'm not sure why people disagree with people who draw something from scriptures. That being said, the baptizing infants is actually drawn from scriptures. It's a few scriptures, but it's still drawn from scriptures. The non-baptizing infants is drawn from scriptures. It's two scriptures, but it's still drawn from scriptures. So there's a difference between someone who is heretical and someone who just has a different theology than you. And just because you have a different theology, you typically quibble over non-essentials. Right. But it's, it. you're, you're still love the Lord. So everything you said is facts. I, I can't I cannot disagree with you with what you said. Now, what I can do is answer the question. It was the Pope who did that. So how do you reconcile the beautiful thing you said with the fact that in 1585 it was the Pope? That's the answer to your question. Right. Okay. The head of Christianity. Ordered the massacre of all those brown people. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I said, yeah, like that's why I said, you don't answer the question. It's it was point, the, Yeah, yeah. So everything you said is on point, but we have to be careful when we, when we, we've, we, somehow we've weaponized religion and most, most Christianity and Christianity has been weaponized a tad bit more than, than Islam. Because you got ten percent of Islam, right? Doing it's, it's like it's like you wouldn't say KKK is Christian, even though KKK is Christian. But you wouldn't say that's a good representation of Christianity. No different than you would say, yes. right? No, but no different than you would say uh, 
terrorist or the mere fact that I said terrorist, you automatically assumed it was uh, Muslims instead of Christians, which the number one threat, according to the FBI last year, so this is 2021, according to the FBI, 2020, the number one threat to America is white supremacy. Correct. That's, that's, that's the FBI. They said that in 2020. That has nothing to do with me, okay? So that's, those are terrorists. But when I say the word terrorist, you're thinking Middle East or something like that, right? So I, I guess just, just to conclude this, I love everything you said. I ain't got a problem with what you said. And we should be, in fact, what you said is so strong, it's actually quite scholastic because according to your belief, the temple was destroyed. And the reason why God did that and the reason why God the Son did that, uh, prophesied it about 30, 40 years before it happened is because the temple wasn't good enough for what was happening now. Because God's right. presence in the Holy of Holies, right? The Christ of Letting I'm talking about, the one room that you can get in one time a year with the high priest that was where God was the closest at that wasn't good enough for God. So what happened was that veil split from top to bottom. And right. what was what you couldn't into no more came rushing out. Woo, that made me feel good. That, that was by accident. Come on now. I, I, I like, knew you knew how to fix me. <laughs> I knew. I was, Nobody but Antonio T. Smith. I was, oh, I was with the I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I I almost you, said, but on Friday. <laughs> I almost said, but he got up. Okay, let me. Okay. It went rushing out. Why? Because if it's 7.8 billion, it wasn't 7.8 billion people. It's something like 50 million then. But if it's 7.8 billion people on planet Earth, that's 7.8 billion potential temples. And that's good enough for God. This is why you're a temple, because God wants you to be the holy of holies. Which is why Paul says, I beseech ye, brethren, under the mercies of God. So, uh, I wish I had some old folks, right? Come on. <laughs> to be holy and acceptable, a living sacrifice. Because Paul is telling you, forget this temple stuff. You're the temple now. And you must be holy and acceptable. You, you understand what I'm saying? This is what Paul is trying to reconcile with everybody. Yes, that, that yes. Antonio, Sadia, Barlip, uh, Bar Kevin, your temples, and you are the most holy form of God there is. And you got to live that. It ain't for the temple job no more. You're the temple now. And now my temple moves. You feel me? Go ahead, man. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey, how we, we can hear you. Hi, how are you? I would like to say um, that I would like to thank Alberta for inviting me again and, and having me have to have this opportunity. <laughs> this. It's been just been awesome to listen to everybody. I learned so much over again. But you said one thing, and I would like to know, you've mentioned something. It's just, just a question. Sure. Um, how is the KKK Christians? And I was like, how KKK Christians? Uh, fair I enough. Don't <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, no, that's fair. They actually, and, and so Christianity has 37,000, yes, denominations. And KKK is one of them. And they draw all of their beliefs from their interpretation from the Bible. They read the Bible 
and the KKK actually does worship and has spiritual services. That is absolutely the truth. As a matter of fact, where I'm from, so I live in I live now in in a small town, Texas. I just frequently be in Houston, and the head of the KKK headquarters, at least in Texas, is in Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. Right, Santa, so they're not y'all heard of Vita, Texas, right? Where they drug that man, you, you know what I'm saying, by his extremities. Well, remember when it, the last. Well, I would say last mass shooting, but it was not last mass shooting. I brought it back to school. There was a huge mass shooting at um, Santa Fe High School. 19 kids died like two years ago. That's where the head of the KKK is. And they got churches. They do. They got churches. So I'm not telling you going on over there and worship. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> because i couldn't see yeah. how they're christians you know i was just i, understand. I but, get it i get it yes ma'am antonio they view religion yeah. to uh use it as an oppression point for other for other people okay, it's been man. that's been going on since the beginning of time one person yeah. interpretation of the religion to oppress, to just use it as a sword to oppress another group. Well, no Jesus, as long as we Jesus one said God, to us, Jesus said to us, they'll do, they'll do terrible things in my name. He warned us. Ah, I mean, the crusade. That's true. Yes. The crusade, the crusade yes. was completely church driven. Yeah. Crusade is one of the most horrific things we've ever done on planet Earth. Go ahead, Pastor Steve. Yeah, I just wanted to say I, I've been listening this entire uh, fifteen-hour period today. Um, <laughs> um, but but you know, I'm glad she asked a question about the KKK because there's a true distinction between those who call themselves Christians here on Earth and those who are actually followers of Christ, uh, because followers of Christ do what He says to do in the Bible. Okay, there you go. I mean, that's there it is, right? If you're going to uh, that's Christ is Christy in, right? You're bearing the title. And if you're going to bear my title, then bear my character. Yeah, you hear what I'm saying? Like, don't, if you're going to have my title, if you're going to wear my name, it's not a name, but you get a point, then have my character too. Yeah, don't be like Antonio Theodore Smith III. And not act like your daddy. <laughs> yes, I'm saying like some of this stuff has to be. I, I need to look like my daddy, and if God is my father, I might want to look like God. Hey, Antonio. Yes, ma'am. Exactly. Isn't that like the the fallings, the fallings? Because the next falls, because you know those uh -huh. that are waiting for Jesus's return. Wow. That are supposed to come and be and be called up. Mm -hmm. That will happen, but then we have to remember that there will be those that are left behind, and those that are left behind become the body of Christ. And okay, that so is, right? you, you stay right there, Adrian. Hold on, real quick. Let me get Phil to come in because you you bring up a different version of theology that is actually viable. Go ahead, Phil. Say right well, there. The, the first book I hold up at every speech is the Bible. And then so afterwards, I have many people come up to me after and say, are you a Christian? And I said, well, 
define to me what Christian means to you before I say yes or no. And then I tell them I'm a follower of the Nazarene. That's how I answer that question. I'm a no, follower right. of the Nazarene. I know that's right. <laughs> before I answer you, you tell me what it means to you. Well, we need gun tote Jesus. Oh, I'm not a Christian. I'm not. I'm not a... <laughs> okay, come back, Adrian. Come back. Adrian is talking about eschatology. Eschatology is the study of end times, and it's actually one of my favorite things to talk about. And Christian speaking, there are three different versions of the end time that can happen. It just depends on how you read it. Okay, it just depends on how you read it. And her version actually matches pretty closely to the Islamic version of eschatology. I don't know if she knows that. Okay, Adrian, come on, come, come on back, Adrian. Yes. Okay. Okay. So here's what happens in Islam, and y'all don't know this, but I'm going to tell you right now. In the Quran, Jesus is the Messiah. I know you don't know this, and Jesus. But we, but we act like Jesus is the Messiah, but we don't know that. Fix that. I mean, we act like this, but we don't know that. That don't even make sense, but we do that. Fix it, fix it, Jesus is the Messiah that saves the whole world from the Antichrist. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm so serious. In the Quran, Jesus is the Messiah that saves the whole world from the Antichrist. He gets mortally wounded. Then he dies at the foot of the temple and ushers in a thousand years peace. I'm not kidding. Where's Ibrahim? I, 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 do I got anybody else? I'm not kidding. I'm telling you the truth. I'm <laughs> looking at yourself. Go read it. In the Quran, Jesus is the Messiah to, who comes back as a warrior. That sounds real Christian, doesn't it? And defeats the Antichrist gets mortally wounded in the process and dies at the feet of the temple. This is why that Muslims, Jews, and Muslims, Jews, and or Muslims and Jews are fighting over the one spot that, that is in Mecca because there are, es- there are eschatological implications. Everyone's trying to like end the world. I don't know why you Christians do that. Like Jesus need to come back. Wait a minute. Now my kids haven't graduated yet. Like this. Uh, wait now, that, now that is the truth. Come on now. Don't bring my, him back right now. My kids ain't graduating yet. Wait a minute now. Okay. I don't want it to end just yet. Okay. He got some goals. Yeah. Yeah, we got some goals around here. Okay. He's just 12. He's got some goals. He ain't got a first girlfriend yet. Right. Hold on. Slow it down just a little bit, Kathy. Just slow it down. Okay. Right. I wanted to go on. But in all honesty, so when Adrian said, that's why I told Phil to come in, when Adrian said what she said, she was talking about that remnant is what King James was saying, that stays, that y'all seen the movies, the uh, people get called up, the rapture, the rapture is what I'm trying to say, right? The rapture get called up and it's, there's this thousand of the rapture is a little bit different from what she's talking about, but there's this thousand years of peace that happens. Okay, there's a great book on revelations by Richard Bachman. Let's see. Grace, are you there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Richard Bachman, uh, Buckman, maybe. Yeah, B- Boot Camp. No, let me see. Buckman Revelations. Let me see. I'm going to type it in. 
He's a fantastic scholar and he is, uh, it's going to be too, I, it's sitting on my, it's on my dresser. It's on my dresser. It's Richard something. Uh, it's a book of revelation. It's, it's, and he's, he, he covers all the different theologies in revelation and by different, different does not mean conflicting. Different does not mean contradictory. Different does not mean fallible. It's just the ways you can read. Okay. Because at no point am I going to let any of y'all say any of your texts are fallible. They're all infallible. Okay. And if you're going to be Christian, you better believe that because you're not allowed to be Christian. You're not allowed to be Christian if you believe that your Bible has contradictions. That's not, that's not a tenet of Christianity. Okay. To be Christian, you pretty much got to be, you, Stephen just said this really, you pretty much got to follow the Nicene Creed to be Christian. You pretty much have to. It, it just is what it is, okay? Is that Richard, Richard Blackaby? Is that right? Richard Possibly. Uh, Richard uh, Black, yeah, Blackaby. Yeah, let me see. What, I, nope, she got it. She got it right here. She, she found it for me. It's this, the last link she, she is Buck, Richard Buckman. I met him a few times. So HBU is like premier. All the scholars come to HBU and I got all their autographs and they like rock stars when they come. This guy here. The Theology of the Book of Revelations. I strongly recommend this book. Strongly. It's fantastic. The only reason I understand what I just said is because I read the book. The only reason I heard what Adrian said is because I read the book. Okay. So if you want to do that, what Adrian was talking about. So Adrian, you're spitting off facts. You're right. It does say that. That's one interpretation of it, though. Okay. I personally am not of the thousand years peace um, cloth of theology. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not under that tree of theology. But pay attention, because this is what Pastor Barley was talking about. Just because that ain't my tree that I follow. See, I ain't had no problem with that. I got no disagreements with that. How I knew about it, because if you're going to bring it from scripture, I can't disagree with you. May we all act like that, please. Keep your theology. Just change your tone. It don't matter what she thinks. Did she draw from scripture? Yeah, what's, be quiet. Romans 14 covers all that. Don't, don't cause Adrian to stumble. The Holy Spirit, this is, the, this is Romans 14, the Holy Spirit should let you get along with Adrian. Just because she eat meat and you don't, don't mean you should cause her to stumble. Just because she see a scripture different doesn't mean you should cause her to stumble. The Holy Spirit should do more. For, now I'm out the text. Now, now I'm in Antonio. The Holy Spirit should do more for y'all than give you goosebumps when your favorite singer is singing your favorite song. Say it, Bishop. Do you understand? The Holy Spirit should get up with you and walk out of church with you. Most Christians that I know are not Trinitarian Christians. You only believe in the Father, you believe in the Son. You have no place in your life for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will make you shut up. It will. It, the, the Holy Spirit does not listen. It don't just let you speak up. The Holy Spirit also lets you shut up too. God is not rude. And if you can't walk into community and show me your God without preaching me your Bible, you ain't got God in you. 
there's an old saying that's been around for years, preach the gospel. And if you have to, say words. You know, that is <laughs> it's funny because at the book at the book signing, there were like four people that just couldn't get over the fact that there was no scripture in my book. And I was trying to figure out, but the whole damn thing is like scripture. Just here's here's my right? response to that. This is why this is what you'll say next time. This help me. I was gonna say, help me because I'm working on my tongue. <laughs> Did you write your book? I know that's right. She did, she did not write her book to disciples. She wrote her book to the lost. Now see, Pastor Barlett and Pastor Stephen go really appreciate this here, okay? Yeah, if they like me, they always got their sermonic ears on too, right? So they really gonna appreciate this here. When Jesus spoke to people, Jesus never used scripture, not one time. When Jesus spoke to scholars, Jesus was all scriptures. It's the truth, look at your Bible. When Jesus saw a fisherman, oh, you fish. I'll tell you what, you fish with me, you'll never have to fish again. Oh, you a farmer. Man, i tell you what, right? I know a farmer. He sowed some seeds. One seed, to, every single time Jesus had to teach somebody something and they were not a Pharisee or a Sadducee, Jesus used regular words. All things spoke, for everybody. And spoke in parables. And look, and when the lady showed up at the well, he sure as hell didn't do it. Well. <laughs> Not a Come single in, scripture. Let me talk to you for a second. <laughs> you thirsty? I tell you what, you drink from me. It's the truth. It's the truth. Oh, you in adultery. Okay, then they got rocks. I tell you what, where's your rock? I ain't got one either. At no point. Oh, you like olives. Man, I tell you what, I am the olives. It's the truth. It's the truth. Oh, you like the you like the gateway the sheeps go through. Guess what? I'm the gateway. You like bread. I show glad y'all like bread. Then he turned around and told five thousand people, not counting women and children, I am the bread of life. Not use one scripture. And as soon as they left, he hit his disciples with scriptures. Did you hear what I'm saying? Every single time Jesus spoke to regular, because you got to remember. 97% of the people in the world couldn't even read. What's the point of him talking about scriptures? They couldn't even read. The only people who could read was royalty and scribes and Pharisees. Because Pharisees would be scribes. It's the only people who could read. So what's the point of quoting scripture when you can't even read it? Jesus literally was like, oh man, you selling some seeds. Let me tell you something. There's three type of ground. There's some rocky ground. Break it down. Make it you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. seriously. So, Asia, the next time somebody tell you that, just tell them you ain't talking to disciples right now. You get what I'm saying? Because if you're going to read God at War, I'm not talking to regular people. I was only talking to Pastor Barlett. <laughs> if you ask him, that stuff in there is high. I'm not even attempting to be what I am on a regular basis. Sometimes I don't even translate words. You just gotta like, look it up. I don't even offer explanations. I'm telling, here's the theology, here's this, this, this. It is clearly a commentary for scholars. It is not a commentary for regular people. I just put some pizzazz in it so it could like, you know, so regular people could buy it, but it is clearly written for pastors and colleges. It really is. Sound like a preacher to me. <laughs> There it is. Antonio. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'll give Pastor Stephen. I saw him on mute this mic. 
Oh, one of my favorite songs is that I can't carry a tune, but uh, we are one in the spirit. We are one in the world. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our yes. love. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone knows we that song. One in the spirit, we are one in the Lord. We are one in the spirit, we are one in the Lord. And they'll know we are Christians by our love. Wow, there it is. <laughs> Thank you. See, there it is. There it is. Come on, Pastor Stephen, man. We we it with you that because I saw your beauty bite. No, no, I'm good. Y'all go ahead. Okay, okay. Y'all, genuinely, just because you can use big words don't mean you should. No, I, I know Greek. I know Hebrew like English. I could I could tell you, in Greek, I love what the preachers do this. Greek, it literally says, you know what, though, Reverend? I can't understand you because I don't know Greek, Okay. So what's the point of you showing me your education if I can't see your transformation? I, 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 I feel like exactly. we need to... Exactly, Bishop. That's it don't correct. matter how much of a scholar I am. If Jerome say something and I'm so smart I can't hear him, I am not a scholar. I got head knowledge. I lack heart knowledge. And let me tell you, and every preacher here is going to agree, head knowledge ain't letting me in. Say that again. <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you, yeah, you better you know stay, who else? If you stay out of your head. <laughs> you know what I'm Look, if that Bible don't get in your heart, I can know all the scriptures I want to. That ain't got nothing to do with me getting in. It's somebody, according to Christianity, it's somebody else who know all the scriptures, Pastor Steve. The devil. The devil, oh, Lord, he know it better than we do. And he talking to you. He, he, he'll come to you with it. You know how confident you got to be to hit Jesus with scriptures? Like, can you imagine the audacity it takes? I, look, I know who you is, but let me quote you what you are. The audacity you have to have to run up on Jesus quoting words. I mean, do you know, it's crazy. you know that that's what the devil does to all of us? Because what he does is he takes exactly what God has said about us and then just makes us question that one That's thing. Right. And that That's is it. what the, and that is exactly what, happened to Eve. what he does. That's what happened to Eve. Yep. That's what happened to Eve. Said, oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, look, Pastor Barlett said, man, I'm, I'm comfortable. Serpent said, nah, go ahead and doubt. Nah, I won't doubt. Nah, go ahead and doubt. <laughs> right? And then he hit you with that deception. Yeah, then, then. Traps us all with the same thing, desire. You know, you're not gonna surely die. That's that deception. And then that desire. Don't that fruit look good? He just don't want you to be like him. You know, I do wanna be like him. And right there, as soon as we get to that desire, Damali, now we lose our damn mind. <laughs> our goal is to rule with God, not as God. Every time you've ever ruled as God in your life, it blew up in your face. Every time you rule with God, you get all those blessings. So let's leave on that note. Our job is to walk the spirit out and stop thinking because your way is the truth in the life and your church said and your pastor said, that ain't the only way. 
to get the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. You can't figure it out because the book of Acts has over 13 ways of how the Spirit came to people. And I thank God that God did that because I know what idiots like me, I ain't talking about nobody else but me because I'm a heathen, Jerome knows. I know what I would do, Pastor Barlett. I would say, uh-uh, that, that ain't what I see. He said, you say me too. That ain't what I see. Ain't where I see it. And I would literally do the only unforgivable sin there is and talk about the goodness, talk against your goodness of what God is doing in you, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That's it. That ain't the way God show up in my life. Yeah, no, it ain't. But God shows up in everybody's life. For me, God showed up in my life as intellect because being homeless, I had to think my way out and I couldn't hear God through no other way but intellect. And God then used my intellect to take me to a praying black woman, which I had somebody that told me, stay smart, but be nice. If he'd have sent the playing black woman first, the first thing I would have said was, my mama don't love me, so how you gonna love me? God knows what to do. Jerry, I couldn't have, I couldn't have heard how I'm gonna hear a mother praying for me when my mother left me for dead. God knew God had to jump in my logic then change my logic to his love. And if you can, and that's for me, that's my story. That's not the only way God does stuff. But since I was born to be an intellectual, that worked for me. For Tempest, it would be through testimony and one-on-one relationships. For Pastor Barlett, it's through leadership and research. I pay attention to y'all, okay? Since Rome is through laughter. Phil is through wit. Kevin is through motivation and words of affirmation. Prophet Jerry is through prophecy. Shanane is through family because she wasn't supposed to have one. Pastor Stephen is actually through media and film. And I don't get to tell Sadia that numbers ain't God. God knows what God is doing. Just know God loves everybody and we're different. And that's actually a good thing, but there is no separation. Separation is illusion. So if you walk out of here and somebody try to tell you what you're not and how your Bible ain't got enough words in it and how your book don't have enough text in it, tell them, thank you for sharing, but I came here for the lost sheep of Israel and they don't know Amen. scriptures. And that is so true. Amen. They don't know scriptures. Why would you, where I come from, they cuss. So I cuss. Damn right. I got to cuss Reggie out for Reggie to listen. I, no, I got to cuss Reggie out. You know God don't play that blank. Reggie be like, you know, you right. You right. You right. Let me stop. Reggie don't understand nothing. Reggie don't understand nothing but that language. Then right after that. I got to cuss in his prayer. See what I said? <laughs> see? 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 So that's how you got to talk to me. <laughs> see what I'm saying? I'm not telling you that's right for you. I'm telling you, Reggie don't understand nothing else. And watch God use that cussing to make him stop cussing. You get it? Just accept that Rahab lied her way into the hall of faith. 
God works through everything and don't cut nothing off. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't plant better. You can't <clears throat> dominate. Shanane, I'm gonna respond to your text. I've been out the loop for 48 hours. Shanane, Pastor Steven, and Sadia, I'm gonna hit you all up today. I have to, because I've been out the loop. Happy Father's Day. I forgot it was Father's Day. I got reminded yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to everybody. And we will see you all later. Thank you all so much. All right, peace, family. Peace. We got a class today. Cryptocurrency. Peace. Oh. Hello. We're here. One sec, Phil. Yeah, do we have a class today? For cryptocurrency? Yes, we're going to do it an hour early because we have, he has another a doctor's appointment following that. So 11.30. Your time? 11.30 Central Time. All right. 30 cool minutes beans. early. All right. See you guys there. Love, love, love. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Happy Thank Father's you. Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. <laughs>when the pandemic began i had the biggest problem in the world not making money the pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire i came really close so the pandemic was a blessing it was hiring people and get this everybody i had 48 job positions open during the pandemic 22 dollars an hour with paid training and I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if, the, if, it's, if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to 
apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.